It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Ah, welcome to the Pop Culture Kabooms radio show. I am the Eden, your not so humble host, Jimmy Jones. Rob Nalt is to my center left here. Hello, uh, hello, hello. Taking place. And, uh, and uh, Spencer is now on the main board and also taking your phone calls this evening. And we will bring you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment with the latest news, information, and releases from the past week and a little bit of a sneak peek of those releases coming out for you next week. It is also your place on the radio dial to talk about your favorite fandoms. Tonight we will be joined by Quizmaster Scott at a Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott for our weekly Sporkle Pub Quiz question. And one of the prizes you can choose from will be your very, will be, uh, yeah, uh, first time I've ever given tickets away for Love yeah. Notes. So yeah, love notes, yeah. first ever, um, if you would like to go and check out the Love Notes Awards Ceremony and Screening, which will be taking place on February 17th at the Brewery Art Center in Carson City. Also, we'll be joined by Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews to go over this coming week's movies. And our guest this evening is creator and artist Floyd Men Sumner. We'll not only be talking with Floyd Men Sumner about his artistic style that has been utilized by Monster Wax, Nike, Garbage Pail Kids, Trading Cards, and so many more. Uh, uh, no, Rob, you are not. What? Rob's I don't not, know. Or, what? Eric uh, from Whittier, California said, uh, no, Rob, you are not. I'm not sure what that means. Me neither. I think he think. I think oh, when I said maybe. I am the smartest man oh. alive. I think he was thinks. Uh, I, I, I oh, Spencer, that who Spencer, said that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <Robin> or, Eric. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> it was just a moment of bravado from actually fe- you know figuring something out on my first day back on the board for all, after a while. Uh, but also by be talking about Floydman Sumner's art studio, Planet F Studios, what they're up to, and after an 18 year hiatus, Floydman Sumner has launched his very own comic book, Floydman's. Swell Comics. We'll be talking with Floydman Sumner about the launch of the new comic with Floydman Swell Comics number one and how you can be a part of the groundbreaking first issue. We'll also uncover for you what is the super secret Swell Squadron. Too many S's. <laughs> There's never too many S's. Yes, there is. If only I knew how to do Slurpee. Oi, wrong person. Yep. Slurpee? Yes. Don't you know what I mean? No. Oh, like that kid from uh, Family Guy, the one who likes uh, Meg. Oh, okay. The AB, uh, uh, the, um, what's uh, I can't remember anybody's name tonight. Is it the one with the, head, the kid with the head upside down? No, he's the one with the braces and uh, the glasses. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Doesn't mean yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, so, if you want to add your thoughts, comments, talk about your favorite fandom, or speak with tonight's guest, all you have to do is call seven seven five five one five four one four one, and that number is good from anywhere in the world. But if you're too shy for the phones, you can send a DM through the Facebook page, like Eric in Whittier, California, does every week. Thank you very much, Eric. Um, and uh, but if you don't have time to comment during the show, but would still like to comment. You can reach us 24-7 by sending an email with your questions, comments, or concerns. You can send your emails to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. And you've got to follow these 
it's very simple instructions, but they are very important. In the subject line, you have to put question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your first name. No last name is necessary, just a first name, and it can be a fake name. I don't care as long as there's a name there. Right. And I will not read email addresses on the air, so you have to put a name. Also include the city oh, and just if it's just so blatantly goofy, like I'm not going to say Shaggy. <laughs> so I actually put Shaggy. <laughs> well, Shaggy is a name, but I am not going to read. Oh, yeah, Shaggy wrote in. <laughs> Soinks. Yeah, basically. Uh, so if uh, that's, those are the hey, uh, you never know. You never know these days. I'm sorry. That is true, though. Um, also include the city and state or the city and country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. And if you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify for them not to be, uh, which I had a lot of this week. So there you are. As I say, because my daughter went to school with a couple Anakins, a couple Lukes. And- Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you know, that's why I think you never know. A couple of Anakins? Yep. I'd never heard that name until the Star Wars episode mm-hmm. one came out. I, I'm like, Anakin? Well, you know, names fallen in out of favor over the years all yep. the time. Yeah, but I never heard of Anakin before then. So, <laughs> ever. Uh, so there are now only 230 days until Carson City's first ever pop culture and comic book convention. Uh, no, no Scooby-Doo either, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Kaboom Con, 97 Now Productions will be putting on Kaboom Con Saturday, September 7th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And you can follow Kaboom Con on Facebook to keep up with the details on all the vendors. Sign up for the art contest and the cosplay contest. Keep up on all the activity announcements and panels that will be taking place throughout the day and special guest appearances for Kaboom Con 2024. A limited number of Pre-sale tickets are on sale right now through eventbrite.com, and a portion of the proceeds from KaboomCon will go to Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNBC 95.1 FM radio. So, yeah. So, I just want to give a, a thank you to everybody who did tune in on Thursday uh, for the uh, first ever um Dreamwell Comics uh, shop, shop chatter with Robert and Jimmy. And I appreciate uh, um Actually, let me check that real quick because it, it's actually got a, quite a number of views. I was quite, quite, quite surprised. Um, oh, good. The last time I checked, it had like literally um, 98 views, which is actually quite surprising. Yeah, not bad for an inaugural. 116 you know. now. Cool. Not bad for an inaugural run on on something like that. That and the Wi-Fi was just uh, we uh, were using a hotspot, so it was like basically listening to audio with still shots. <laughs> it was very, uh, no, but uh, yeah, and I think uh, Robert was quite surprised uh, uh, on uh, with in the with the fact that I knew so much about as I did about comics oh. <laughs> and the comic book industry. Um, so, but anyway, uh, thank you all. And I did get a couple of emails regarding, uh, that and, uh, um, but they didn't want to be read on the air. So, but, uh, thank you for, it, for everyone who had, did tune in and I hope you enjoyed it for what it's worth. And unfortunately I was hoping that, uh, um, cause the way I had it set up through my, the camera and my laptop mm-hmm. it recorded it. Um, but instead of recording the incoming stream, it recorded the outgoing stream. So it recorded everything in still shots. Which, <laughs> which, 
kind of irritating. Made me cry. So, but anyway, had a busy week. Uh, the Oscar nominations for 2024 are in for the 96th Academy Awards. The Oscars 2024 will will air live Sunday, March 10th, 7 Eastern, 4 p.m. on ABC. Next day on Hulu and will be televised live in more than 200 territories worldwide. Without further ado, here's the complete list of Oscar nominations 2024 list that I would care about. (laughs) An important (laughs) distinction when it comes to the Oscars, because otherwise I'd be reading for days. Because there's a lot of technical Oscars and stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't forget to print out your own Oscars 2024 ballot and and make your predictions and have a fun drinking game when the 96th Annual Academy Awards do air on March 10th. So first up for Best Picture American Fiction, didn't you just say you went and saw American Fiction? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it's up for uh, Best Picture. Autonomy of a Fall. Never heard of it. I'm either. familiar with that one. Barbie. Either of you watched that for, for Best Picture? Yes. Yeah. I, no, I haven't seen it yet. Me neither. It's on. Uh, it's on Max. The, it's so a I lot mean, of pink for me. Yes. Like <laughs> too much. Like too much. <laughs> now I will me. say, like um, Rhonda saw it and she loved it because she likes the sets and she said the sets were like out like were really good. So. Oh yeah, and Barbie World, they're very much like the toys. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, technically, it's probably a really good movie. I'm just, I don't know. I, it's like a lot of pink. Like, <laughs> it just it reminds me of the, I had a friend growing up. and Was her, her name his, Frenchie? No. But his girlfriend, her oh. house, was every shade of pink. Ew. So Yikes. the outside was one color, and every room was a different color. So it Ew. looked like Pepto-Bismol like, just threw up all over her house. <laughs> so like, so yeah. So it's, just, so it's like these weird like flashbacks when I see the Barbie. It's like, oh, my God, it's her house. Like, you know, like... <laughs> True story. My grandparents, um, they lived in Hoquiam, Washington. Okay. And uh, my grandfather, I guess he got sick of seeing house, uh, yellow houses with brown trim. He said, right. I swear if I see one more yellow house with brown trim, I'm going to paint my house yellow with brown polka dots. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He did. Of course. Yes. For how long? Um, I don't know when he got it painted, but I think it was before my parents got married. No, but I mean, like, how long was it on the house painted that way? Until he died. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so, so, so okay. The, I figured it was like one of those things where the wife is, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, the wife is like, no, 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 no. Like, I think it was like a, a, it became a landmark, actually. So, so, so he was a man that could hold a grudge. I, I, oh, yeah. Gee, I wonder where I get it from. <laughs> the holdovers. I never heard of I know. Yeah. I, I, uh, that one went big at the last little award show. Really? Yeah. Paul Giamatti and stuff. Yeah. I heard, of, I know he's in it, but I have no idea what this movie is about. I, it's a comedy. That's all I know. Oh, okay. Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. Maestro. Uh, that's a um, Bradley Cooper. Yes. He's, yeah, he, 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 he directed. The, he directed and starred in it. Yeah, it's and, a famous German maestro. Oh, okay. Oppenheimer, shocking. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. You know, Bar- Barbie Harmer being a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Past Oppen- lives. I haven't seen that. one. Not familiar with that one. Never heard of that one. Poor things. I don't know why it's on his list. <laughs> And the zone of interest, <laughs> which is I haven't heard of that one. Either. Must be very very narrow because I haven't heard of it either. Wow, there's a lot on the best picture list. This I year. know um, eight. I want to say was that one, eight, two, three, ten? four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. ten uh, yeah, yeah. I, a few years ago, they did extend it from yeah. five to ten. Yeah. And no Godzilla. And uh, what Godzilla? Uh, actor in a leading role: Bradley Cooper in Maestro, mm-hmm. Coleman Domingo in Rustin. Why aren't they in the best picture then? Uh, Paul. 
Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah. In The Holdovers. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good in almost everything he's in, so. Cillian Murphy in Oppenheimer. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Mm-hmm. And nobody from Godzilla. <laughs> Actor in a supporting role, uh, Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon. And Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer. Ryan Gosling in Barbie. Mark Garofalo, Ruffalo. Ruff, Ruffalo, Ruffalo. like Buffalo, but with an R, mm-hmm. Ruffalo. Exactly. In Poor Things, and no Godzilla. <laughs> Actress in a leading role, Annette Benning in Enyad, N-Y-A-D. It's all in capitals for some reason. I don't know why. Never even mm-hmm. heard of that. And it's not even up there for Best Picture either. Uh, Lily Goldston in mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower oh, Moon. Yep. Uh, Sandra Huller in Autonomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan in Maestro, Emma Stone in Poor Things, and that is it. Actress in a supporting role, Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Uh, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple. Mm-hmm. American Fiera, Ferreira. Yeah, Ferreira. Ferreira. Yeah, for and, Barbie. Yeah, Barbie. And Jodie Foster in NYAD. Uh, Divine Joy Ralph in The Holdovers, and that is all for that category. Animated feature film. Oh, Nyad. That was about um, Annette Benning. She played the woman who swam across the channel. Really? Yeah. Oof. Okay. Sorry. When you spelled oh. it, then when you just spelled it now in NYAD, I'm like, oh, Nyad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nyad's, a, Nyad's a sea creature, a, a mythical sea creature. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> if it was, then it might actually be worth watching, but no. Yeah, but, but no, it's one of those based on a true story. Swimming across ones, yeah. the English Channel. I believe it was the English uh, Channel. Yeah, man. like the first woman to do it, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, boy, yeah. they'll make a movie about anything. Uh, animated feature film, The Boy and the Heron. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, okay. Uh, Miyazaki. Mm, mm-hmm. Man, I tell you. Uh, Elemental, uh, Nimona, Robot Dreams, never heard of that mm-hmm. one, and Spider-Man no. Across the Spider-Verse. Mm. That There's... one's probably going to have a, uh, that one's probably the, uh, that might, the if it the doesn't favorite, win, it might yeah. be a big upset too, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinematography, El Condi, El Condi, El E-L, I am, I think that's the one uh, that I watched about a vampire. It was in uh, some weird language, and it was very, very weird film because it was hmm. foreign for starters, and it kind of went on that whole avant-garde kick. Oh, okay. So, but it was, yeah, hmm. interesting and different. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, costume design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, mm. and Oppenheimer. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is the biopic that Joaquin Phoenix starred in as Napoleon. What? Joaquin Phoenix was Napoleon. It, I know that. It was but, a what do you mean biopic? It was a biopic about Napoleon's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what Napoleon is. Yeah, well, I was. I, was, I would have said I didn't if I didn't. I, uh, I, was, I think I was you had shredding to... my knowledge, not yours. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering why it's even on there. I mean, it was like really uh, directing uh, Autonomy of a Fall. Oliver Stone, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, that's Justin Tourette, uh Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan. Four things, Yargos Lathimos, uh, The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazier, Glazer, and that's it. Uh, film editing, Autonomy of All, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Production design, went to Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon again, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Short film animated, Letter to a Pig. <laughs> <laughs> I can make so many jokes. Nine, for 95 Senses, Our Uniform, and... Uh, Pachyderm, I think it is. Mm. I can't tell if it's spelled weird. And War is Over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko. 
War, mm-hmm. war is mm-hmm. over inspired by the music of John and Oak. Oh, so 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 half of it's really melodic and and beautiful and the other half is just somebody going some crazy <laughs> s- <laughs> animal torture. Uh visual effects the creator mm-hmm. Godzilla minus 1 finally got on there. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So, however, in the wake of Godzilla Minus One becoming the first ever Godzilla movie to get an Academy Award nomination, it's up for the visual effects Oscar. You've, uh, we've learned that Toho's smash hit Godzilla movie, or monster movie, has also been nominated for 12 awards at the Japanese Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And unlike the American Oscars, Godzilla Minus One is nominated for Best Picture in Japan, a nomination many felt the movie should have received here in the United States. So what do you think about that? Do you think Godzilla should have gotten... Compared to what is on there, do you think Godzilla should have gotten a uh, Best Picture nod? Uh, you know, here's the thing with the Academy Awards. The Academy has always been more for art for art's sake than for what's like the popular movie. Do you know what I mean? Barbie is on there. I understand. <laughs> but like that was like a culturally effective movie. Well, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Remember the, you remember the entire summer, the that entire whole summer was Barbie, Barbie Heimer. Yeah, Barbie Heimer, exactly. Yeah, because they were both making money in the theater. So right. Well, yeah, and because and people were just loving but both it was movies. Also, it was also a the first movie to be directed by a woman to make over a million dollars. It hit all these, like, firsts. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there's there would have been a little backlash from the Academy members who vote had it not been nominated as there was already backlash because only Ryan Gosling was nominated and not not Greta Gerwig and and not Margot Robbie. And the whole movie was about the male patriarchy. So it was like, okay, you just snubbed the women of the movie. You just nominated about the male part, you know, snubbing, you know, like the women. (laughs) The irony, <laughs> yeah. So it was just, but like that's how. But that's the that's the academy. The academy's always weird like that. Like their their nominating committee is totally different than their actual voting committee because the voting is everybody. The nominating committee is a select few, and like I said, I they tend to be like the if you notice there's always there's always an avant garde movie on there i think they throw that in there just so that you don't seem like that cuz every single one of the just about all of those 10 movies um were the quote unquote blockbusters which makes me wonder why godzilla was snubbed from that mm-hmm. if there's if we're talking blockbusters mm-hmm. so i mean but but the, the, really out of all those only oppenheimer and barbie were really blockbusters <laughs> killers of flower moon yeah, but not in the traditional sense. That yeah, was like a slow burn. Yeah, you know? Scorsese and De Niro are like, like they like almost always get Oscar nods whenever they do something together, or yeah. just do something. Period. Especially Leonardo, uh, you throw those three and boom. All right, but he only won once. Yeah. All right, it is time for us to take that first hard break. When we get back, it'll be trivia time with Quizmaster Scott. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show coming up. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom, a radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And Jim in Carson City, he has sent a little message. And uh, he says, I cannot believe Night Swim is not on the list for best picture. <laughs> <sighs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm really sad it was snubbed. Really? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim should 
start think of a career in comedy after that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it is time for the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott. And joining us right now is Quizmaster Scott. How are you, sir? I am doing good, and I'm going to do another actually uh, this week because you heard Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi <laughs> twice. Really? Yeah, yeah. because in Return of the Jedi? Uh, yeah, because, you know, mm-hmm. he'll. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, was, Luke calls him father, and he goes, "So you have uh, you have learned to accept the truth." I learned that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. And then, and then Ben Kenobi's point of view monologue, where he said that <laughs> from a particular <laughs> point of view. In other words, <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I said some things that somebody could have taken offense to, so I'm just gonna uh, kind of backtrack on that a little <laughs> bit. In, in other words, <laughs> ah, good job, Ben. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know what? That. Since I got you on the phone, let me do a quick check-in on this because uh, it is actually it is pop culture. But uh, so the Chiefs won earlier today, so they'll be going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And as soon as my computer decides to uh, update the screen, oof, San Francisco is now winning twenty-seven to twenty-four with eight yeah. minutes left in the fourth oh. quarter. Yeah. Oh, my family's probably my family's probably going insane right now at home. <laughs> In a good way or a bad way? Oh, it depends on which half you're talking about. It depends divided, on which half you're talking yeah, about. We're a divided household. Okay. <laughs> some people are going for Detroit. Some are going for San Francisco. Are they actually Detroit fans, or are they just no? They have friends. They, they have friends who are Niners. fans. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And and hate the Niners. And the, yeah, they hate the Niners. Yeah. Okay. So nobody actually that. likes Detroit. They just want the Niners to lose. Right. That's what I'm getting out of it. Okay. At my house, probably yes. All right. Sorry about that, Scott. So you got your money on anybody? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I haven't really been paying attention. I mean, I, I pay attention to who wins and loses, who loses, but I don't really have a, uh, a vested in the interest. Game. <laughs> you don't have no skin in the game. All right. <laughs> so we're going to do the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott Trivia. And if you would like to participate, first off, anyone can participate. There is no age restriction. Um, Quizmaster Scott will ask you a multiple choice question and provide you a list of possible answers. Call in to 775-515-4141. It's very funny because both Rob and Spencer are all ready with their pens and pencils. and just, Oh, yeah. They're, they're ready to take this quiz. Um, I just looked up and saw that. Uh, if you to, With the correct answer and you win or ch- and you get to your choice of a prize, guess the wrong answer and we hang up on you, but quickly call back in before someone else and guess again and again and again. Each wrong answer will be removed until you, we have a winner with the correct answer or the show ends, whichever comes first. You can't win unless you call, and you can't call unless you are listening to know what the question is and possible answers are. So uh, what you can win tonight, tonight you can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamwell Comics in Carson City or for the first time anywhere, a pair of tickets to Love Notes short film competition screening and award ceremony at the Brewery Art Center in Carson City. It's Saturday, February 17th. Uh, they have 30 teams in the running, which is a new record. And uh, when uh, awesome. Lyric was on, they only had like 14. It's 19. 19. Yeah, 19, so yeah. boom, 11 yeah, when more he after was that. pulling up to our show on Tuesday, Tuesday, he said there was 20. Wow. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> or 22. More, there was 22. More was more door, right yeah, 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 last minute. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Um, you'll get to see every film. Um, uh, running, which is a new record, and you'll see every film that makes it to the finish line and who wins. There will be two screenings to cover all the films, and those tickets will be good for both. 
courtesy of Silver Story, Story Silver State Storytellers. And even if there are something you aren't interested in, either of these prizes would make a great gift for someone in your life that enjoys pop culture stuff. Just something to keep in mind. So now that I'm done running my mouth, Scott, what is the question this week? All right. The category is DC Comics. And the question is, Batman employs many talents to take down crime in Gotham City. And one of his rarely used talents is as a master of disguise. When Batman disguises himself as part of the Gotham City City's underground, what alias does he use to gather information from Gotham City's gangs and thugs? Is it A, Joe Chill, B, Matches Malone, C, Big Lou Maroney, D, Tony Fat Zuko, or E, Bob the Goon? So, Batman employs many talents to take down crime in Gotham City, and one of his rarely used talents is as a master of disguise. When Batman disguises himself as part of Gotham City's underworld, what alias does he use? <laughs> had to give... Uh, Spencer showed me his answer, so I had to give him a sign of if he was right or wrong. What alias does he use to gather information from Gotham City's gangs and thugs? Is it A, Joe Chill... B matches Malone. C Big Lou Carn Moroni. D Tony Fats Zuko or E Bob the Goon. And by the way, all five of those are actually Batman characters. Yeah, yeah, those are mm-hmm. all in the Batman universe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just uh, keep that in mind, Rob. Do you have an answer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, both of them got it right. Woo! <laughs> Wow, I got it right too. Actually. <laughs> my first one, Congrats. actually. That one was that one was a little hard because I'm like, oh my god, they're all, and I've had to think. Like, like. <laughs> think, think hard. All right, anything going on in the world of uh, Sporkle Spork, Sporkle Pub Quiz, Scott? Well, hopefully, I'll, I'll have an announcement next week. Yay! Woo! We like <laughs> announcements. Yeah. So if you have an announcement next week, I'll even throw in some uh, prize for from Pop Culture Kaboom that you can give away. Awesome. That would be great. Uh, that is correct. Uh, no, that is not correct, Eric. Sorry. Aww. <laughs> I had to, it took me a second because he spelled it all weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to really study it for a second. Um, all right. So hopefully we'll have a... Uh, an announcement from you next week about uh, where where people can actually go and attend a Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott trivia night. Um, good luck with that, sir. All right. And Thank I you guess, very much. And I guess enjoy the rest of the Detroit-San Francisco game if you're even paying attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to play a little uh, Boulder Gate 3. All All right. Good man. Good man. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think later tonight I'll be... Or have you signed up for Star Wars Restoration yet? Uh, no. Star Wars Galaxies' Restoration? Huh? Galaxies' Restoration? Or just Star Wars Galaxies' Restoration. Yeah, Yeah, you didn't say Galaxies. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, Star Wars Galaxies' Restoration. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's it. And the 49ers just scored a touchdown, so it's 33 to 24 now. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) It's Uh getting sad out there, folks. The fix is in. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. You brought it up. (laughs) Okay. So... I, I don't understand this whole thing about a fix being in because if a if it was supposed to be the fix it was in it was supposed to be Baltimore and San Francisco for starters 
and B, we're talking about an organization that's been around for about 100 years and has employed hundreds of thousands of people, and no one has ever come forward claiming or admitting or even hinting at there being an actual script, air quotes, to the NFL games. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, like, I, I, you know my opinion. I think it's, I, I don't think there's a script, but I think it's who the refs want to win. And, and it could be especially a, when, when you see these crucial like calls, and then you look at like the betting lines. You're like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, I do want to bring something up. I, I, twice now, I clicked on NFL.com and refreshed a page. Okay, uh-huh. and it said 41 to 33. Mm. It's now 33 to 24. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Things that make you go. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to start believing in that conspiracy theory here if that holds up. That's all I got to say. Anyway, so uh, Mr. Foremost, uh, uh, by the way, also Scott is the uh, North America's foremost expert on Godzilla. Um, so Godzilla, first time ever getting a uh, an Oscar nomination. How do you feel? Uh, congratulations. It's been, what, 70 years? Yes. yes. Ooh, first yeah. one in 70 years. years. Only... Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has a longer or shorter, a longer streak, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, well, actually, no, he has nominations, uh, no wins, only one win yeah. after yeah, but, 70 years, but, but anyway, very long streak. Uh, but I was just uh, right before we went to break and, uh, had you come on, uh, Godzilla is nominated for 12 awards at the Japanese, um, Academy Awards. And the list includes uh, Best Film, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Music, Best Cinematography, Best Lighting, Best Art Direction, Best Sound, and Best Editing. That's so, a good list. That's the list they should have had at the actual Academy Awards, but I'm not going to, you know, that's my opinion. Did Barbie score any, uh, any awards in Japan? I don't know. I, I didn't even look into it, actually. Yeah, he, he basically just cared about Godzilla. I didn't, well, I didn't care about Barbie, that's for sure. I haven't still, I ain't going to watched that one. Uh, Shin Godzilla was the last one to take home seven awards at the Japanese Academy Awards back in March 8th of, tw- oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was a weird And uh, back in 2017, oh, yeah. yeah, that was the most bizarre version yet. Yeah. Kind of actually, and if you think about it, um, did you see Shin Godzilla? Yeah. Of okay. Course. The deleted scenes where they showed us like um, after he got blasted by the missiles and the uh, guard. Did you see the deleted scene? Of course you did, Scott. I, I'm no, not no, asking. I didn't you know there were deleted scenes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There I'll was a deleted scene where um, they had the troops going through the rubble and everything, mm-hmm. and there's bits of Godzilla from the missiles, and they started growing. They were like had mo- more eyes on them and the teeth and everything, so they're like becoming little more go- little Godzillas. Oh, that's not good. So yeah. kind of a, and that deleted scene reminded me of at the end of uh, um, Minus One, where he's oh, underwater yeah, and he starts yeah. like, you know, mm. makes me wonder if there's going to be like, and uh, the director has said if there's a sequel, there will be a monster for Godzilla to fight. Mm-hmm. But he won't be the anti-hero Godzilla. So no, it'll just be a question of the lesser of two evils. Pretty much, yes. But anyway, if you want to see if Godzilla minus one will follow suit to uh, Shin Godzilla, the winners will be announced on March eighth, twenty twenty four, two days before the actual Academy Awards. So, well, thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. There you. is. A, I just wanted to add something yes. with the Shin Godzilla. Uh, there, there is concept art out there, and you can see a little bit in the movie is when Godzilla gets immobilized at the end. 
on his tail, humanoid Godzilla-like creatures are actually crawling off of him. Ooh. I know. It's kind of like, a, what was that, Cloverfield? When the little mm-hmm. bug things yeah. were yeah. coming. Yeah. The uh, um, space ticks, I guess they were, <laughs> were coming off of. Uh, yeah, the uh, most terrifying part of that movie. <laughs> Those things. <laughs> I still want to know what happened to that chick. Did she, like, explode? The one who got bit by the bug. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. In Cloverfield, everybody's head exploded after yeah. a while after being bit. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> they don't explain that either. It was why, a why splitting headache. Womp, 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 womp. All right. You can catch uh, Spencer Stoner's uh, HBO comedy special coming up <laughs> on April. No, I'm kidding. Uh, April 1st. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's going to be my joke from now on. April 1st. All right. Oh, well, thank you very much for your time, sir. All right. Thank and, you very much for having me on. And I look forward to your big announcement next week. Hopefully. Yes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> cross. I'll cross my toes too, but that'd make it hard to walk. <laughs> All right, sir. You have a good night, and we're going to we're going to get back to stuff. So, whoever whosoever holds this, can you finish the line? Oh, um, whosoever holds, holds this, this hammer, no trademark. Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> if he be worthy, shall possess the likeness of Thor. <laughs> <laughs> the likeness of yes. Thor. Eh? The Marvel Age mm-hmm. of Comics is over. The yeah. Roxon Age of Comics with two X's has begun. Immortal Thor number four reveals that Roxon Energy Corporation CEO Dario Agar, a.k.a. the Thor villain The Minotaur, bought the Marvel Comics Company of Earth 616 and the rights to the Mighty Thor comic book. Huh. Meanwhile... Back at the ranch, Odin sent Jane Foster, uh, Jane Foster slash Valkyrie from Valhalla, with an ominous warning about Thor's enchanted hammer. A warrior holding Mjolnir, I, I like when it, when the actual Thor movie, she's like meow meow, uh, <laughs> will soon meet their end, and a new Thor will rise. The Raxon's Thor, Raxon's Thor will debut in the pages of a one shot. Raxon presents Thor number one, according to the official synopsis. The Roxanne Comics Thor is a muscle-bound buffoon and an AI spokes guru named Chad Hammer. (laughs) Sounds like a wrestling name, don't it? Yes, it does. The Roxanne Age of Comics begins with April's Immortal Thor number nine on sale April 3rd. This is kind of like a a spoof comic book in Mm -hmm. the vein of that whole thing with the monkeys that DC's doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Except, except, uh, no real primates in, in this. Yes, <laughs> and not a bunch of really goofy things I have to read. No and, having to go ape or bananas over anything. Yeah. Again, Spencer Stoner's HBO special will be. <laughs> Mortal <laughs> Thor number nine was on sale April third, and Rexon presents Thor number one will be on sale April eighteenth. So go down to your local comic book shop and uh, request them now so that they can put them on their list. Godzilla 70th anniversary will be published on May 8th via IDW. The 100-page one-shot anthology comic features the King of Monsters along with kaiju-like Mothra and Mega Godzilla with tales set in the Old West to modern Tokyo and beyond. And it'll feature nine original stories and, of course, five cover variants. But, of course. Oh, but, of course. Oh, by the way, I got a little insight. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I have a possible guess on how many um, 
cover variants there are going to be for Thundercats. Oh yeah, we have we have the pool going on. Yes, that. we do. Uh oh, I got it right here, and let me check it now. Ooh, ooh, I am so close. <laughs> right on. Erica is gonna not gonna win. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Anyway, so yeah. All right, so it is time for that hard break. It is. Thank you, everybody who's listened so far. Please continue listening. We got a lot of show for you. We still got more store, more news articles to cover, as well as the upcoming list of stuff that'll be released next week. And of course, we have our big interview coming up as well. Um, no, I haven't seen Henry Cavill's Highlander. It hasn't come out. <laughs> uh, no, he said it's going to be a ride, but I don't, I don't know if they've released any pictures or anything. A from ride? Uh, well, no, no, like like it's going to be like uh, an experience. Oh, you know, okay. It's, it's going to be awesome, basically. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, we got more stuff coming up, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And uh, stand by, Eric. I was just doing a search here um, for Highlander and uh, the actual release date for it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they have a release in a specific date yet. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And uh, remake streaming release date uh, rumors, um, which they don't even mention, which is just goofy. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't got nothing. There is, there is no actual confirmed release date or year. Um, yeah, and I don't think they released filming, any pictures. Filming of reportedly will begin at at some point in 2024. To meet its Oh, it has a 2026 planned release date. Yeah, go. so yeah, so that poster that he, that he showed us is definitely an AI fan art. Yes, which is what I was trying to uh, look up because I don't like just throwing out BS. Um, I like to confirm it. Yeah, we like to confirm our BS. <laughs> yes, I, I want to make sure I'm full of it before I, you know, when I announce it. Uh, so it is 34:31. San Francisco is winning with 56 seconds left in the game. Mm which in football terminology means that uh, the show will be over before that game is. So <laughs> last year it was announced that Yuhaidi Mercado, who wrote the, and drew the well-received Shazam! Thundercrack DCEU graphic novel for DC Comics and a less than well-received Miles Morales comic for Marvel, was working on something new for the next year for from DC Comics. Oh, this is so goofy, too. <laughs> An ages 8 through 12 middle grade graphic novel about the pets of Gotham's supervillains. I love it. Titled Barkham Asylum. I love it. Barkham Asylum. To be published in February of 2024. However, all orders were canceled and the graphic novel was delayed until the 7th of May. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, there is a higher power. Uh, then it, when it is now coming out a few days after a free comic book day preview is published so that people will know not to pick it up, uh, we have now learned that DC Comics has afforded it a 40,000 print run for the first printing and only printing. Uh, here is the official synopsis. Who's a good boy? Jester is. Well, he wants to be. Maybe he is. 
He's the Joker's dog, so of course he's funny, but his sense of humor is about to be put to the test. Because when the supervillains of Gotham get thrown into Arkham, their hench pets go to the maximum security pound known as Barkham Asylum. Hmm. I love it. <laughs> Being the clown prince of crimes, dog doesn't win him any friends behind bars, especially after he gets a tough-talking stray cat named Penny tossed into lockup with him. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but they'll have to work together to figure out what the evil warden, Sharpay's helper, Dr. <laughs> Hugo Mange, is up to. Awesome. And the only way to stop their this terrifying uh, team up is to win the talent show and get visitation with their masters at Arkham on the hill. Because the Joker is sure to hell. Uh, what could go wrong with that plan? And where does Gotham's premier playboy Bruce Wayne's butler Alfred fit in? Well, he shouldn't fit in anywhere. He's a little busy, a little, a little busy being dead. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> He's pushing up daisies. That's what he's doing. So, yeah. That is, you know what? They came out with Super Mm-mm. Pets. This is just a Super Pets knockoff. It is too goofy for I love words. It. Oh, yeah, but it's that goofiness that makes me love it. Yeah. It's, and you know what? It's it's they, it's actually geared towards kids, okay? Yeah. yeah. So what a, what a actually great way to, because I'm sorry, but sometimes the Batman comics can be a little violent for your little children. So if you, you know, you can get them started with their pets. Awesome. Yeah but, yeah, but, you know, the Joker's never struck me as a dog person. No, I and, and, and that's what, that's what <laughs> like, got me, too, because Harley Quinn has dogs. She has so hyenas. hyenas. Yeah, <laughs> so I was, you know, expecting, you know, Something hers. Along yeah. Those yeah. Lines. yeah, I think Joker would have trouble keeping a goldfish alive. Mm-hmm. And that's only if he, you know, thought about it and But I do see to. him having, like, a Rottweiler or a bulldog, you know, like... <laughs> No, this is, it actually looks or a Great like, Dane. Like <laughs> it, it's a white dog. It looks exactly like crypto. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw oh, okay. the I saw the things for it for this article, oh, yeah. and it's like, oh. and all I could see is crypto and a uh, that one dog that what's his name, the little short guy that's always around Dwayne Johnson, uh, Kevin Hart. Hart. Yeah, his character in that. That's all I saw with that cat. Uh-oh too so i just got (laughs) fixated and i could not shake it anyway from the comic books being released january 31st um oh man this better be show related eric (laughs) (laughs) oh boy this he's he's writing a thesis no i just responded to eric All right, from the comic books being released January 31st, at least here I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Is he still on Highlander? No, and that's what he wrote, too. And no. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, it's not show-related. Then no, I won't ask him until after the show, Eric. Uh, Actually, I'll email him. Uh, that's the best thing to do, right? But <laughs> I emailed Eric this morning, so. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. Well, um, email him. Eric's going to email you back. Okay. Oh, good. It's nice to know that correspondence is still happening. Yes. <laughs> don't base your buying decisions solely on, and, and, and that I'm a middleman. Uh, don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It is, after all, only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum, I do not include in it trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or 
free prints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, title of the Booker Books, when the Booker Books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add your Booker Books in the future. First up from Antarctic Press, World War III Raid on Tokyo, Volume 2, Number 1 of 5. From Boom Studios, House of Slaughter, Pen and Ink, number one, with three cover variants. Power Rangers Unlimited, The Morphin Masters, number one, with four cover variants from DC Comics. Batman and Robin 2024, annual number one, one shot. It's an annual. Of course it's a one shot with four cover <laughs> variants. I mean, duh, duh. Batman, Superman, World's Finest 2024, annual number one, one shot, duh. Uh, it is a wallet-busting five-cover variants. DC Power 2024, number one, one-shot with four-cover variants. Power Girl Uncovered, round chicken, round count, number one, <laughs> one-shot with a wallet-busting six-cover variants. Trinity Special, number one, one-shot with a wallet-busting five-cover variants. Diamond Publications Previews, number 425 for February of 2024. Just so you know, Dynamite Entertainment has Lilo and Stitch number one. All right, Rob, take a wild stab in the dark. How many cover variants for Lilo and Stitch number one from Dynamite Entertainment? Oof, oh. uh, 23. Okay. Spencer? Well, let's see, 626, but I don't even think they'd go into the hundreds of variants. Uh, 12. Wow. How many did you say? 23. 23 and 12. Spencer was closest. 16. A bank-busting 16. Wowzers. Image Comics. Hey, Dynamite is back. (laughs) (laughs) Image Comics has Moon Man number one with a wall-busting seven cover variants. Marvel Comics has Dead X-Men number one with five cover variants. Marvel's Voices Legends number one has four cover variants. Oni Press has Jill and the Killers number one of four. With a wall of busing, six cover variants, Rick and Morty, Maximum Crescendo, number one with three cover variants, and Xenoscope Entertainment, Cinderella, Princess of Death, number one. Interesting. <laughs> with wall of busing, five cover variants, and the oddest combination I have ever heard of, Holmes and Houdini, number one. Huh. Sherlock Holmes and right. Harry Houdini, number one of three, with a wall of busing, six cover variants interesting one of three mm. well well uh you know uh houdini was really big into uh debunking you know Sherlock Holmes mysteries oh well, psychic <laughs> psychics and mediums yeah. and stuff like that so he did have a pretty pretty good deductive mind so who knows you know, hmm. a, a fictionalized version of houdini meeting up with sherlock could be interesting if they even cover that ground if they even cover that ground all right, Penny Arcade and Reed Pop dropped new details this week about some of the exhibitors you'll find at PAX East 2024 in Boston. The event will be, I cannot do a Boston accent, obviously. The event will be returning to the Boston Convention and Exhibit Center, BCEC. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are getting a laugh out of that. And will run from Thursday, March 21st through Sunday, March 24th. The event will take have a strong mix of indie game companies, AAA titles, and a robust tabletop section as they look to capitalize on last year's strong turnout. 
The official statement from the company highlighted some of the early exhibitors who have been confirmed for the event. Tickets are currently on sale for those looking to attend, whether it be for a single day or multi-day passes. And here is that official statement. This year's attendees can expect... No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'd have to use a Boston accent, and I can't do that. (laughs) Uh, This year's attendees can expect a collection of both brand new and returning fan-favorite tabletop games, as well as merchandise from a variety of exhibitors, including Gloomhaven developer... uh, Cephalofair Games? C-E-P-H-A-L-O-F-A-I-R. Uh, so follow if your sounds close enough. Okay. Marble Dice Throne, creators Dice T- Throne, Soul Forge Fusion developer Stoneblade Entertainment, Final Flight's many creations in collaboration with the world's most loved IPs such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and X-Men, Twilight Creations with its host of horror titles, and many more. The tabletop free play library will feature hundreds of titles for attendees to sit and play with family and friends on site. Those wishing to show off their competitive style can join one of the many daily tournaments. Tabletop fanatics can expect a variety of additional brain-inducing activities, including panels, video game exhibitors, concerts, and more, to be announced closer to the event. Good for them. Indeed. And Electronic Arts and UEFA have confirmed their plans for the 2024 season of the E-Champions League. As we get a better look at the EA Sports FC schedule, players will have an exciting set of events to take part in over the next few months as they will face off with each other between February and April with championship season coming to London in May. You can head to their website to get rules and details of how to sign up, which is www.ea.com backslash games.ea hyphen sports hyphen FC. Wow, hope you didn't forget a hyphen, hyphen in there. Hyphen. I know, right? <laughs> Good luck with that one. Uh, Tuesday, the New York Video Game Critics Circle revealed the full list of winners for the 2024 Video New York Game Awards in a special ceremony. Some of the big winners from the event included Baldur's Gate 3, which walked away with two awards, including the Big Apple Award for Best Game of the Year. Do you think that was well-deserved? I do. Yeah, I mean, considering, uh, what, what's that one everybody's playing? That space one? Starfield? Yes. Yeah. Baldur's Gate, yeah. Yeah, but Starfield, uh, it's, it's, it's well-liked, but it, it disappointed a lot of people. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I guess Baldur's Gate. Well, Scott's playing Baldur's Gate right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, and uh, the Herman Melville Award for Best Writing. Uh, the evening also gave away two specialty awards, one to Nicole Carpenter of Polygon, who received the Knickerbocker Award for Best Games Journalism, and the other to Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog, who received the 2024 Andrew Young Legend Award. The full 2024 New York Game Awards winners list is Big Apple Award for Best Game of the Year, goes to Baldur's Gate 3, Off-Broadway Award for Best Indie Game, goes to Chance of Sinar. Never heard of it? Uh, Herman Melville Award for Best Writing in a Game goes to Baldur's Gate 3. Statue of Liberty Award for Best World went to Alan Wake 2. Tin Pan Alley... Award for Best Music in a Game went to Hi-Fi Rush. Great White Way Award for Best Acting in a Game uh, went to Melanie LeBird as Saga Anderson in Alan Wake 2. 
Coney oh. Island Dreamland Award for Best AR VR Game went to Asgard's Wrath 2. Central Park Children's Zoo Award for Best Kids Game went to Super Mario Brothers Wonder. <laughs> A Train Award for the Best Mobile Game went to Honkai Star Rail. Freedom Tower Award for Best Remake went to Resident Evil 4. A Jolton Joe Award. Did they make these things up? I mean, <laughs> well, Jolt, yeah, but well, not I this mean, year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like for this year, they made these up because these are like the goofiest award names I've ever heard of. Jolton Joe Award for Best Esports Player of the Year went to Arslan. Arslan Ashes. Ash. I'm not going to try and pronounce that last name, but congrats. Um, Chumley's Speakeasy Award for Best Hidden Gym went to Slay the Princess. NYC GWB Award for Best DLC, <laughs> way too many acronyms, went to Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, and a Knickerbocker Award for Best Games Journalist went to Nicole Carpenter from Polygon, and the Andrew, Andrew Young Legend Award recipient went to Neil Drachman. Drachman. Sounds like Klingon. <laughs> it it does, don't it? Yeah. Drachman. If you say it right, it does. Anyway, if you missed any part of the this uh, past hour of the show, then you can go and check it out. Uh, by, thanks to 97 to Now Productions, for they have put out the Pop Culture Kabooms podcast, which is available on your favorite podcast platform. Go ahead and sign up and listen to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show whenever your schedule allows. It is the top of the hour. It is a surprising 53 degrees and clear in Carson City. And uh, we'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Welcome to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. To my left, Rob Nolt, behind the big board, taking your calls as well. Spencer Stoner. That's me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that's not me. That's that's, that's yeah. Jimmy. No, it's Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a classic Yu-Gi-Oh card, only ever seen in the beloved original anime, is being printed in real life for the first time ever. Huh. Cool. Which uh, one is it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, as reported by Dicebreaker, the latest Yu-Gi-Oh! set, Maze of Millennia, focuses on bringing cards from the anime to the real Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game, even ones that debuted more than two decades ago. This includes the Eye of Illusion, a card used by classic villain Maximilian Pegasus in Episode 2 of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters anime. You remember that one? I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh. Me neither. In the episode, Pegasus sucks Yu-Gi in whoa into the TV. Okay, as he steals <laughs> his grandfather's soul and plays the Eye of Illusion card to take control of Yu-Gi's dark magician too. Though the effects of the card were likely mimicked in playgrounds for years. Uh, okay, uh, publisher Konami never actually printed the card in classic sets like Legend of the Blue Eyes White Dragon or Metal Raiders. Maze of Millennia looks to fix that, however, and also includes cards from other eras of the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime like GX and 5Ds. <clears throat> also, in, <laughs> that's a brown chicken, brown cow right there, too. <laughs> also in the set is Fighting Flame Swordsman, Earthbound Servant, Geo Kraken. Geo Kraken. <clears throat> I like it. And Bonfire. And more. 
Yu-Gi-Oh! is as popular as ever more than 20 years later, with fans continuing to play in person and digitally in one of the many games. The accurate simulation game of Master Duel was released in 2022 and proved incredibly successful with tens of millions of downloads in, in downloads in the first few months. Wow. Um, have you anybody ever played the Yu-Gi-Oh! games? Uh, no, but I've just you know watched people play it, but uh, never did so myself. Rob? The Yu-Gi-Oh? Mm. I watched this cartoon, yeah. Did you play the game? No. No. Okay. <laughs> How about Disney Lorcana? No, that's one I wanted to play, but... You haven't no, yet? haven't gotten no. around to that one yet. All no. right. Well, Disney Lorcana has revealed its first ever legendary item card. Disney Lorcana released a new trailer for its new Into the Ink Lands set, the third set of the game, due out for release starting in February. The trailer revealed several new characters that will appear in the franchise, including... Aubrey Ramirez from Atlantis, The Lost Empire, along with a few new card reveals. Mm, mm. The most notable of these cards is the Lucky Dime from DuckTales, the first ever legendary item card introduced to the game. The trailer features Venturo, the named, a named illuminator, that's part of the game's initial storyline, traveling through the Inklands in search of items lost when the great illuminary flooded via a mysterious source of mixed ink. Accompanied by Prince Eric and Tinkerbell, Ventura encounters Uncle Scrooge's lucky dime while a mysterious shadow collects Triton's Triton. Well, that's that's an interesting combination of things. Yeah. Er, the trailer served to introduce five new cards, Prince Eric, expert helmsman, Tinkerbell, very clever fairy, Aub, uh, Audrey Ramirez, the engineer, Sumerian Artifact and Lucky Dime. The Lucky Dime is notable notable for being the first non-character legendary card, a first for the Disney Lorcana franchise. The inclusion of Atlantis, the Lost Empire is another sign that Disney Lorcana is willing to delve into any Disney movie franchise. The 2001 film struggled at the box office but became a cult favorite in part due to its distinctive visual design developed by acclaimed comics artist Mike Mignola. The new Disney Lorcana set also features characters from Treasure Planet, another underappreciated Disney film, and to the Inklands will be released on February 23rd at Game Stores and March 28th, or I'm sorry, March 8th at Mass Retailers. Retailers. So the developer working on the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin game has laid off a significant portion of its staff. That's not a good sign. Nope. Over the last year or so, the video game industry has experienced a ton of turmoil. Major companies across the industry have laid off significant amounts of staff, and it has caused a lot of concern over the sustainability of the industry. Major developers like Epic Games, Bungie, and more have laid off large numbers of employees for a variety of reasons. Some of these companies have gone through rounds of layoffs as a result of overexpanding during covid Others have had issues with profitability and overall financial performance and more. Which is kind of funny because game prices have not gone down. No, no, they uh, have not. They've just gone up and up yeah. and up. So yeah. hmm, maybe a correction in the pay scale on the market might, might be uh Could be there. warranted, yeah. I mean, because how much do those game developers get paid? They get like paid like six figures, don't they? I have no idea, in all honesty. Okay. Oh, the big the big wigs like CEOs and stuff. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Well, always, but I mean, just to, um, the uh, the coders and stuff. I have no idea. 
and I'm sure it varies from company to company. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. degree, you know, how much, you know. But you would think that at some point. Well, you would hope. I mean, you'd hope to be able to make good money making well, yeah, video that's, games. Well, yeah, that's the point of, you know, any job. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm no business insider, so yeah, I can't, no. Uh, but that's like why a lot of them like that. But that's why you hear a lot of these teams are only like maybe like three people or four people because you know they're making a lot of money to produce that game. Yes, they are. But then you have games like Hogwarts Legacy that sold like an astronomical amount of copies across the board. You know that it was ridiculous the amount of copies they sold. You know. Yeah, but, yeah. That, but also had a much bigger team too. Exactly, yeah. you know. Which also makes me wonder because, uh, like, how, how long until it affects like uh, Sony or PlayStation or Microsoft? Because, um, in I've noticed that with the release of like uh, the latest uh, round of consoles, especially mm-hmm. with Xbox, mm-hmm. uh, you either have a CD drive or it's all online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and uh, there well, is. It's going digital. They were just like Best Buy. They they're getting rid of their physical games now too. Hmm. Yeah, Ubisoft. And mm-hmm. The uh, CEO, I think, of Ubisoft said, basically, get used to not owning your games anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so if you don't own the games anymore, does that mean it's uh, is pirating? It's is it's basically okay. a subscription service. Gonna mm-hmm. is the, what they feel. Well, like yeah, like the like yeah, Ubisoft has like the Ubi Plus. EA has EA Play. Um, uh, Xbox has Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's nice as Game Pass includes EA Play. I'm waiting for them to include Ubisoft too. But... Uh, yeah, just what we need: cable for video games. Hey, that's what it sounds like to me too. That's not... But you know, in all honesty, I, I must say I like the way that Game Pass works because you can get the Game Pass app on tablets, on games, on yeah, on yeah. Xbox TVs, has a lot of cross connectivity. You know, like regard, yeah, you know? so you don't need to have a console in every single room to play your games. You know, so. It's a really great concept if you have a hmm. lot of TVs and you like to play your games everywhere. Yeah, because that's one that's one thing that's kind of challenging because, like, I'm a big gamer and, you know, but uh, I want to be able to play in, in one room. But then if my wife wants to watch, watch TV uh-huh. there, I want to be able to switch to another room. Right. But I don't want to have to disconnect the whole console, carry it over and stuff. But, right. like, PlayStation doesn't really have that option except for remote play, mm-hmm. which is, which is a, gr- a good option, but it's not the best option because right. you lose some you, you know can't you do the haptic feedback and stuff so you can't feel the controller vibrate mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that yeah there's some limitations yeah wow i have never wanted my controller to vibrate <laughs> oh I, I i love being able to feel things explode yeah it's fun it's cool okay i i, I had that option but I just it also helps too especially if like when something happens off screen and you're not like mm-hmm. in it jars oh yeah. there's an explosion you like you know like oh crap okay like something's yeah. coming after me here you know <laughs> so my i always had the headphones on and it's in like total yeah. surround sound so i was like i like hear something like off in the distance mm-hmm. like back right and i'm like what yeah. I don't, well and thing that was kind of cool like in like legend of zelda twilight princess i think uh if you got close to a secret that was buried somewhere your controller would start to vibrate and the closer you got to it the harder the mm-hmm. more it would vibrate so you could dig it up. So it's like a tuning fork? Kind of, Or yeah. no, what was that? A divining rod. Divining yeah, rod, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like a scanner. <laughs> All right. So, and uh, it was even reported a month ago that PlayStation was looking into cutting a significant number of employees from Insomniac games in the near future, mm. despite the fact that Marvel's Super Spider-Man 2 is PlayStation's fastest-selling exclusive and has sold very well. Part of this may be because the budgets for games these days are so incredibly high that even games that sell well 
may not generate enough revenue. With that said, the latest studio, so it's like turning into uh, movies. Yeah, basically. Which mm-hmm. is goofy. With that said, the latest studio to announce layoffs is Black Forest Games, the developer working on the highly anticipated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, The Last Ronin. It's expected to be a darker, more mature Ninja Turtles game based on one of the most acclaimed comics from the IP. It's the kind of game that a lot of fans have longed for. No. Okay. The game is expected to still be a few years away from a releasing, and unfortunately, Black Forest Games has been hit with layoffs. Roughly 50% of the studio has been laid off, according to Koyatko. Uh, the studios had a headcount of 110 employees in 2023, and about 50 people were laid off on January 24th. As of right now, reasons are unknown, but if information is expected to come next week, Black Forest Games has been around for a little, for a little over a decade, getting its, its start making platformers and smaller budget games. It eventually got recognized for its remakes of the cult classic action-adventure games Destroy All Humans. The two <laughs> remakes were uh, received decently, Though it didn't blow critics away, it's unclear how they performed sales-wise, but clearly Black Forest Games proved itself capable enough to earn itself a crack at adapting a beloved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. Hmm, interesting. I think that uh, the whole industry is probably in a well, tailspin right now. Oh well, yeah, it's definitely going to have it's going to have to have some kind of a correction. Because, like it, like it says, the budgets are way too big to to make too mm-hmm. big of a profit, so they're going to have to figure out a, a new balance. Cause... And when the games are failing now, they're failing big. Oh, yeah. It's not like the, not like before where they could fail and you could do a couple patches here, there, and get the game. No, it's like it, fans are like, nope, done. Don't even want the patches. You know. Well, remember when you got a game and it was complete. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yes, they do. <laughs> so here are the uh, cons but, of it. But then again, too, we were also waiting like five, six years. Hey, you know what? I was a kid years, and I didn't care. You know? I, mean, I was like, oh, a game? That's yeah. like, I didn't care if it yeah. was like five years or ten years or whatever. So here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of January 29th through February 4th. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next week, next month, and next year, they might not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if they are not, check your local game, hobby, and comic book shops for great events going on in your area. If you have or know of a pop culture event coming up in your area, I can add to this list. Please contact me at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the day or dates it will be running, and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming lists. First up, February 1st through the 4th is Anthro Expo 2024 at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Norman Hotel and Conference Center in Norman, Oklahoma. February 1st through the 4th is Capricorn Capricorn 2024, because it sounds like a, an Autobot, uh, at the Sheraton Grand Chicago in Chicago, Illinois. February 1st through the 4th is Megacon Orlando 2024. Now that sounds like a Transformer. It does. Right yeah. There. Yeah. It sounds like a Decepticon. Uh, Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. February 2nd through the 4th is 2D Con Unplugged 2024 to Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, Bloomington, Minneapolis South, Minneapolis, Minnesota. February 22nd through the 4th is AggieCon 2024 to Texas A&M University Memorial Student Center at College Station, Texas. February 2nd through the 4th is Anime Love Book 
Lubbock, 2024, at the MCM Elegante Hotel and Suites in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> February 2nd through the 4th is Captain Con, 2024, yeah. at the Crown oh. Plaza, Providence, Warwick, Warwick, Rhode Island. February 2nd through the 4th is Creep IE Con, 2024, at the Ontario Convention Center in Ontario, California. February 2nd through the 4th, I thought it was going to be Ontario, Canada, quite honestly. Unless It's not Creepy Con, it's Creep IE. Creep IE. Huh. Yeah, Creep well, Space I.E. I. Hmm. E. Okay. Space hmm. Con. Uh, February 2nd through the 4th is SCG Con, Hartford, 2024, at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, Connecticut. February 2nd through the 4th is Satsukon. Satsukon, February 2nd through the 4th at the Blair County Convention Center, Altoona, Pennsylvania. February 3rd is Lumacon, 2024, at the Petaluma Com- Community Center in Petaluma, California. February 3rd is the North Dallas Toy Show 2024 Celebration Event Center and Ballroom, Plano, Texas. I thought they only did like, you know, in Plano, Texas was on everything for mail-in garbage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. February 3rd is the Tulsa Popcon 2024 to Doubletree by Hilton Hotel Tulsa, Warren Place, Tulsa, Oklahoma. February 3rd through the 4th is Alaska Comic Con 2024. Ooh, it's got to be cold. At the Carlson Center in Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah, I'd like to think the people in Alaska would be used to it by now, though. Not so. many oh. guests at that one. Oh, yeah. No, uh, we have a friend who um, she's going to school up in Alaska. And the other night she texted it was 41 degrees negative. <laughs> ooh, 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 I would die. I, I would literally die. Or I look like Randy from A Christmas Story like, all the time. Right, yeah. I can't put my arms down. Yeah, ooh, I'm just like, <laughs> can't imagine, no. No. February 3rd through the 4th is Anime Con, London, 2024. And yet you never hear about people dying of I know, no. exposure. And, nope. Which is weird. At Drumsheds, London, UK, February 3rd through the 4th is Brickfest Live Houston, NRG Center, Houston, Texas. February 3rd through the 4th is Brick University, Little Rock, State House Convention Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. February 3rd through the 4th is Liverpool Anime and Gaming Con 2024 at the Entry Race Course in Liverpool, UK. February 3rd through the 4th is Quad Con Cam- Champagne 2024 at the Marketplace Shopping Center, Champagne, Illinois. February 3rd, Champagne is such a weird word. Oh, it's, the, it's French, so of course mm-hmm. it's going to be weird. Of course. Speaking of weird French, wait till we get to the movies. <laughs> February 3rd through the 4th is Stockton Brick Convention 2024 to San Joaquin County Fairgrounds in Stockton, California. Uh, February 4th is Comic Verse 2024 to Scottish Rite Masonic Center in Sacramento, California. February 4th is the East Bay Comic Con 2024 to Concord Hotel in Walnut Creek, Concord, California. And last but not least, February 4th is the Semi Valley Toy and Comic Fest. At the Grand Vista Hotel in Simi Valley, California. So it is now time for that heartbreak. When we get back, it will be time for movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere in my pop culture Boom radio show right after this.
Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be released dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except y'all. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch. And those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we're not professional movie critics. Ha, ha, ha. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is. You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And I bet you're just overly ecstatic that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs have uh, <laughs> are on their way to the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Makes my <laughs> stomach hurt, man. <laughs> However, I, I am happy for the 49ers. I, I was going, you know, it would have been cool to see the Lions. Uh, having them never had been there. But, right. uh, you know, Niners are, uh, that was my childhood team. That was the team I grew up loving. And, and then, uh, you know, my dad was always a, a Bronco guy. So when I moved to Colorado, kind of leaned more towards the Broncos. So, I'm excited for my childhood team, my my backup team, per se, <laughs> uh, to do it. I just don't want them to lose. I'm so sick of uh, Patrick Mahomes and well, and uh, and all that, the Kelseys, the Swifties, the, all that stuff. Well, you got one more week of that. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a very oh, red Wait, Super I'm Bowl. sorry, two two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. two weeks, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's, so yeah. it's going to be the uh, Super Red Bowl. Um, we got the Chiefs, whose primary colors are some... I guess just straight up red, and yeah, then like the red uh, and black or red and white, or and something. then the Forty uh, ers who is like a blood red, and red. Gold. <laughs> and gold, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're like a red and gold, and then it's uh, my uncle and I like to call the Chiefs uh, like the Ronald McDonald because <laughs> they're like the McDonald's colors, you know, got the yellow Archie color and all that. So yeah, wow, freaking Ronald McDonald's uh, led by Darlene from Roseanne. Wow, we like to refer to that. Oh. Yeah. Damn. That's how we. That's how we throw. He hates the Chiefs. Quit, 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 quit beating around the bush, Tony. Tell us how you really feel, okay? Oh <laughs> gosh, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I can tell. I, I, I really I, can. Yeah, I didn't really get that impression. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's not a team I could ever root for. Good. Uh, here on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, we utilize a carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system, which goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it seems worth watching in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is determined to be so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So we got five movies this week, sir. Um, not any of them good, um, but that's my opinion. <laughs> We're about to find it. Oh, yeah. So let's start off with the epidemic. <laughs> Ooh, it's quite an epidemic there. Yes. After a meteor crashes into Earth, an unexpected plague decimates a town's population and turns people into zombies. A few survivors seek refuge where they can make a final stand for survival. Okay. So the trailer was incomplete, so I don't know right. what all I can say about this. <laughs> a badly CGI'd meteor is blown up by equally as badly CGI'd me missiles and rains down on the Seattle area, turning people, I guess, into zombies. All I can say is, have you been to Seattle lately? 
<laughs> they should say based on true events. Anyway, without more of a trailer to go off of for this low-budget horror flick, if I came across it on Tubi, I'd give it a chance, but I'm not going to actively search it out on Tubi either. So I'm giving it a touch brown. Tony, what say you? Well, I guess it looked promising, but the trailer cut out at 42 seconds after they warned the lady, don't drink tap water. Well, I didn't see enough to get anything from it. Um, it looks like it's been in the works for 12 years based on the person's Vimo account. Oh, my goodness. Um, this oh. reminded me of, like, my girlfriend and I have been watching The Office. Uh, we went oh. back and watched that. And uh reminded me of Michael Scott's homemade uh, – Threat level midnight yeah. movie yeah. that took it forever to make. It's like that, and it's probably on par with it. But yeah, and with that being really horribly put together, I actually texted Jimmy the, uh, this afternoon and I asked him, "Is this for real? Is it really supposed to cut out forty-two seconds? Somewhere else I can find?" He goes, "No, that's it." And I said, "Okay." Also, is the director going to be on tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case, he said you're no, sure. I, no, I, I'm being, with you there because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I didn't want to insert foot in mouth with like our director like being on the panel tonight. Yeah, and be yeah. like totally offending him. Yeah, <laughs> and after explaining that a touch brown is a term of endearment, means it's like with the touch brown here, it just not, the, the CGI looked terrible too. Yes, it did. Oh yeah, yeah it did. threat level midnight. Oh. All right, Rob, what say you? Uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, Green Meteors, I guess that's to... Um, it's kryptonite, baby. Well, I, I was going to say, like, I guess that's to imply zombies. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, it just wasn't enough. I, I, you had no idea that anything, it didn't even look like meteors in all reality. It looked like missiles. That were green. Um, so I had to like read the synopsis and go, oh, it was meteorites. Cause I was like, what is going on? Um, and I actually like backed out and then went back in because I'm like, did I miss something? Like, <laughs> like, like I thought I hit a button and it stopped and that's why it stopped. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, yo, touch brown. Okay. Spencer, what say you? I loved how, I loved how the trailer started. In the near future, something happens. They're not sure what, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think they got the special effects wizard behind Bird Demic to create the meteor. Because that thing was <laughs> terrible. It was like, in the near future. It was like the free yeah. ones that you get. <laughs> exactly, exactly. In the near future, a woman gets a drink of water and then smiles. And then it ends. It's like, oh. Okay. Yeah, because I think all of us subjected ourselves to this trailer more than once because we thought we all hit a button or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. I'm like, did, did something go wrong here? I refreshed the screen. Oh. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's like. Yeah, and then I'm like, no, yeah. it did end. Okay. I was like, yeah, okay. Um, if you wanted to make me want to see this, that that ain't it, Chief. <laughs> so I'm going to touch brown that. Then okay. you couldn't find it on, like, YouTube. You found every other movie named The Epidemic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not that one. I don't know. I think I, I might prefer to watch Birdemic oh. again after all, seeing All the way that back trailer. to like 1910. Yeah. I mean, everything like that named The Epidemic. Yeah. So, but, but this one. Yeah. All right. So, Tony, what's next? Okay. The next one is going to be She Is Conan. Man. Just really, She Is Conan. Yeah, yes. Traveling Through the Abyss. Underworld Dog Rainier recounts the six lives of Conan. Perpetually, I probably don't that word put to dis. Oh, thank you. 
put to death by her own future across eras, myths, and ages. From her childhood as slave of Sanya and her barbarian horde to her accession uh, to the summits of cruelty at the doors of our world. I'm back. I'm Conan. Await the retelling. Nope, this time it's played by a woman, not me. Okay, never mind. Back to the chapel. Okay, so this is a gender swap retelling of Conan, or is it? A lot of subtitles, artsy shots. It's in black and white. There's a lot of dog face gremlins. Uh, this movie is definitely not for me. That's <laughs> no, that's not hyperbole. They're literally dog faces. Oh, I know. But it's funny. What the heck was that? So I guess this is a Touch Brown. I, I missed out. I was laughing too Yeah, hard. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Not for me. Touch Brown. Woof. All right. I'm going to try and be as professional as I can. And all I can say after watching the trailer is, WTF did I just watch? Halfway through, I honestly wanted to just mute the trailer, somehow delete the subtitle since the film was in French and overdubbing it, uh, and, and overdub it with Viking metal music since it plays out like an abstract music video anyway. For me to, be, uh, to honestly watch this avant-garde pile of FCC unmentionable movie, I would seriously have to be in a movie mood. I, um, I am only in about once a century, which was like 24 years ago, so this movie still has 76 more years to go before I would consider even watching it, so I'm giving it a touch brown. So it has to be in a Haley's Comet mood. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Spencer, what say you? Oh, boy. Uh, this one was confusing. It's like, uh, do you know who I am? I am you from the future. I will kiss you now. But apparently, the kill, the, the, and that then goes around to killing themselves six times. We're going... The, 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 I have no idea what was going on in this thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I like subtitled movies. I, and, and I like, yeah, but this is, you know, if they're retelling Conan, they needed to steal more from Conan to make, to make this work. Because, uh, again, this is not, this is just not working for me. I am going to touch brown this wow. and and forget it and hopefully forget it existed. Because this is just, it's a way too out there for me. Rob? Well, okay. Um, this movie was very avant-garde. Um, I could see why it did actually like win a lot of like awards over what? in Europe, and has a ninety-two percent like rating on what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it, because it's it's very avant-garde. I mean, it I'm is in like an alternate oh, dimension. How oh, the, the French the French it, loves the avant-garde. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holy um, I actually saw um, not only the the trailer that we all watched, but then I ended up watching like a few other scenes that were actual like scenes taken from the movie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You, you and they were actually like make it really make it make it good. Um, it, it they actually like it played a lot better in the scenes versus the trailer. So, oh okay, yeah. Um, because the the trailer was very haphazard. I think it was the editing cuts and <laughs> all that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that did not yeah, help. At there was all. a lot more going on when you saw like the longer like shots, the actual scenes from the movie. So for me, actually, like I when it comes out, I'm like I kind of excited to kind of see it. It looks interesting, so <laughs> I'm gonna give it a um, blah. Wow, I don't okay. think it's gonna be anywhere other than streaming. <laughs> oh, I don't think so either. <laughs> to be yeah. basically to be just, just to be. To be. Yes. All right, so the two down and three to go. 
Up next, how about departing seniors? Uh, Mexican American. Uh, all I can think of is that Cheech and Chong song. <laughs> Quite honestly, uh, Mexican American and queer high school student Javier doesn't exactly fit in with the popular kids, but he might be the only one who can save them. After an act of bullying sends Javier to the Javier Javier to the hospital, Javier. he begins uh, experiencing visions that foresee glimpses of shocking murders at his school right before they happen. Now, in between navigating the social hierarchies and prejudices of cliché culture, Javier and his best friend Bianca try, must try to unmask a serial killer before he strikes again. So at first I thought it was just going to be another bullied kid gets revenge blah blah comedy, but as the trailer unfolded, I was quite surprised at the direction of the film decided to take. I'd be disingenuous if I said I wasn't interested in seeing how this film unfolds, especially since in the trailer there is no indication on who the killer might be. But I got my money on the side character friend, uh, Bianca, Bianca. Beyond, yeah, yeah, Bianca, Bianca. Uh, personally, anyway, looks intriguing enough to watch. So I'll actually give it a so-so. Mm. Tony, what say you? Um, yeah, getting ready to graduate and joining college should be exciting, but this air quote popular girl is jelly because the kid who's gay and ethnic gets a full ride while she doesn't. Well, her jock friends, one is probably the boyfriend, I presume, tells her, well, he has a 4.0. So they decide to bully him and haze him because that's what seniors do. They're going to just haze fellow seniors with Anyhow, they do a Cobra Kai, and they send this kid down the stairs, and he bonks his head. Now he can see people's fate, but he thinks these people are his friends. And his sidekick, Bianca, is the only one wise, saying There's, they're not his friends. But then all of a sudden, there's a generic killer in a mask to stalk them and kill them. Uh, for me, personally, dumb tropes, lame acting, movie looks stupid. Zero interest for me. Touch breath. Okay. And his streak continues, it ladies does. and gentlemen. It continues. It just he's doesn't flat-lined. end. Flatlined. Flatlined. I think he's been flatlined all year. Yes. It has. It has. He is the walking dead. He's a zombie. A movie zombie. Uh, Rob, what what say you? Uh, yes, we have a Napoleon Dynamite meets Dead Zone. Um <laughs> It the the storyline was kind of intriguing, um, especially like you know I thought it was funny that his, his friends like oh didn't you see these movies that are all explain exactly what you have like <laughs> and he's like no and it's like okay how are you a teenager in this world and haven't seen any of the things that you mentioned what is wrong with you <laughs> um, but anyways um, I actually think it looks it looks pretty okay um you know it doesn't look like it's gonna be like the best movie um that's out there but you know there's not a lot of best movies out there right now anyways um so for me it's gonna probably be a blah okay spencer well uh i i agree with rob on pretty much everything he said because okay blah but but i do actually kind of i do actually kind of liked uh bianca in this because basically she she's the audience going Every time I go to a horror movie, you know, there's the plucky humans that you just don't like. And I like that Bianca goes, no, we don't like them. No, we don't like that one. <laughs> Do you really think these guys are our friends? No, I like I, I like her as the audience surrogate in this one. See, that's so, why I have my money on her being the killer. Oh. Well, well, we'll see. Uh, but uh, so, and if she is, more power to her. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, I, because Bianca is amusing in the trailer. 
And the kid seems likable enough. It, it, it could be a, a decent enough drinking game going, oh, if he touches this, will he have a vision? Uh, you know, so you could have a decent drinking game from that, I suppose. So, uh, you know, so that means I'll have to watch it at home. So, blah. Okay. Surprisingly, the highest rated one so far. All right, we got about 30 seconds left, so we don't got time to go into the next one. But there's two movies left. Two. Two movies. Two. A movie. And then the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week. Um, So just to recap, uh, we'll do the recap when we get back, actually. Um, But surprisingly, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, I was only able to find three movies for next week. Can't wait to tell you about those. (laughs) <laughs> oh, can't wait. Ooh, be fun. Or, or, or can we? And uh, also, when we get done with the movies, we're going to get uh, Tony's thoughts on the Oscar nominations that just came out um, and see uh, what his thoughts are on uh, all of that. Uh, some more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show when we get back. So don't go. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we are going over movies that will be coming out this coming week, mainly on Friday. <coughs> and uh, we've got five movies we're talking about. We've already gone through three. There's still two left. But let's recap the epidemic. Big brown streak of touch browns. Con Ann, or Conan, uh, she is Con Ann, Conan. Uh, Rob gave it a blog because he saw more than everybody else did. <laughs> Uh, he was brave enough. Um, but Spencer, Tony, and I gave it touch browns. Departing seniors. Uh, I give it a so-so. Rob and Spencer gave it blahs. And Tony gave it a touch brown. And we're on to the next movie, The Jungle Bunch Operation Meltdown. Tony, take it away. Jungle Bunch. When a mysterious toxic foam starts spreading in the jungle, there's only one team brave enough to stop it. Axel slash Izzy and Duff, the Jungle Bunch. Okay, that's their name. But uh, with no time to spare, it's time to stop cracking jokes and start sailing boats on their journey across the world to find the antidote. Well, their arch nemesis, Henry the Beaver, (laughs) stop our heroes, or will the Jungle Bunch find a way to save the day? Oh, buddy, I don't know if that's what I saw, but... uh, (laughs) Oh, my God, Gilbert's voice is enough to make me mute this movie. <laughs> There's weird squishmallows-looking squishmallow characters, and they're all jungle animals, and they're going to save the world. Okay, let me just tell you. It's animated, and I'm usually pretty nice to animated. I'll say the typical line, oh, but the artwork is nice. At least the animation is nice. Well, let me tell you. I hated everything I saw about this. So much that I hated this trailer, I stopped it. The voices drove me nuts. Literally, the voice acting in this just just like nails on a chalkboard for me. Um, so I don't know what happened to the rest because I got I stopped when the little beady eyes were in the jungle. I'm like, okay, I can't take this. Uh, I have no recommendations to parents out there. There's a million of other animated stuff you could watch. This thing is a pile of you-know-what. Touch brown. Ooh. I'm All not right. feeling good with movies this week, fellas. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Touch brown, Spencer. <laughs> I, 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 I usually love animation. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, but uh, I, the only thing that gave me, made me have any reaction... In this in this trailer was after the foam got dumped in the jungle and a guy goes, boy, I really got to go to the bathroom, 
and the the foam is active the, the, is explosive and when it comes in contact with water. So a peeing joke. That's the only thing that made me laugh or have any kind of reaction let at all. Let the juvenile in you shine through. Yes, <laughs> let the juvenile in me shine through. And but yeah, design wise, it's just way too busy, and I do not like it. And and the storyline, I mean, it's probably one that you've seen in a million different way, times and ways, and better. <laughs> so catch fern goalie or something, you'll get a better better story out of it. So touch brown. All right, Rob? Uh, yes, The Jungle Bunch, the hit TV series from France, now has its second movie. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why do you research all of this for it's crap? Not, <laughs> it's not like it just happens, okay? You forget my other, my other show, we do a lot of research, and like there's... <laughs> I, I do admire the man's devotion to the work, though. I'm sorry for a yeah, man. But, no but wonder the, like, he hates it with these but movies. See, I, also don't just, I also just don't click on the link. I also just, because I watch it on my TV, so I look for it, and so all these other things come up. So there's like all the series is available like on YouTube, so... Oof, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like the Weebles meet um, the jungle. Um, because, like, they were, like, a weirdly, like, egg-shaped squishmallow. Like, I'm not quite sure. Except for the elephant. The elephant was the only one that was, like, yeah. just shrunk down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, but everybody else was kind of, like, this weird... I don't know. And it could be the new design animation yeah. thing. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, don't forget evil. Or just lazy. The, the evil you know? Kung Fu Panda, too. Yes, I mean, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. It was kind of like a, that Kung Fu Panda was like a mixture of that and the Squid Game, like, robot girl. <laughs> yeah, the red light, green thing, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It seemed interesting. I mean, it's it has a lot of series. Like, there's a lot of seasons. So I'm assuming it's very popular in Europe. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's trying to get popular here. I don't think this was the one to start that. So <laughs> um, I would give it, you know, if it ended up on TV, I might end up watching it, but it looked very juvenile. Um, but so maybe a blah. Mm. But that's, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because it looked to me like it was trying to be funny. Week. And when you're trying to be funny, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Especially with that one. <clears throat> I said all I'm going to say about that one. Just touch brown. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We get to the 400-pound gorilla la, 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 in the room this week. An actual 400-pound gorilla. Can you believe it? We got Argyle. 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 Bryce Dallas Howard is L.A. Conway, the reclusive author of a series of best-selling espionage novels, whose idea of bliss is a night at home with her computer and her cat, Alfie. But when the plots of L.A.'s fictional books, which center on secret agent Argyle and his mission to unravel a global spy syndicate, begin to mirror the covert operation actions of a real-life spy organization, quiet evenings at home become a thing of the past. Accompanied by Aiden, a cat-allergic spy, Ellie races across the world to stay one step ahead of the killers as the line between Ellie's fictional world and her real-life one begins to blur. While watching the trailer, I was kind of intrigued until the next scene and the interest was gone. And this went on through the whole two-minute and 57-second two trailer. I also want to know why Henry Cavill looked like Vanilla Ice 
Why was every scene with a CGI cat, which honestly, as much as the cat was shown, they might as well have just made him like Garfield and we'd have a more interesting Garfield movie, but I digress. A lot of big names, a lot of big action, but honestly, it's a rehash of Romancing the Stone, and I wouldn't be able to watch this without calling the lead character Joan Wilder, but hey, why not? I'll give it a blah. Tony, what say you? Okay. Action, comedy, and a horrible CGI cat. <laughs> Tons of big actors like John Peacemaker Cena, Henry Cavill. Um, there's also Bryce Dallas Howard as Ellie freaking Conway. I can't take uh, MacGruber serious as an espionage spy. So, uh, that, that was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about MacGruber there. But uh, you know what? It's done from Matt Vaughn, who did the X-Men uh, first class movie and the Kingsman movies. I really like those. Um, to me, it actually, I got I to gotta change my tone for, for the first time this year. It looks pretty entertaining, especially after everything we've watched all year. <laughs> The brown streak is over, fellas. I'm giving it a so-so. Yay! <laughs> uh, it's over. That's the longest streak I've ever gone on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. It, it, and it you almost, almost a full month. But, yeah. All right. So, Rob, what's full you? Month. Yeah. Uh, yes, actually, um, I've been anticipating this movie since I saw the previews a m- couple months back. Um, I like Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's actually pretty funny in the stuff that she does. Um, I like um, Henry Cavill. I like the premise. I Even though it's kind of like reha- re- Romancing the Stone, it is it is different, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I looked. In, it looks entertaining. And like I said, I've always said before, I go to the movies to be entertained. And this one looks like it's going to do it. So, I'm going to say good. Oh, all right. Spencer? Woo-hoo! All right, well, uh, this movie uh, has so many people in it I like, I can't help but decide to want to go see it. I mean, and this is the closest you're ever going to get to Peacemaker meets Superman. Right. (laughs) So If they even have scenes together. Yeah, that that is a big if. (laughs) So, but but then, you know, I've always loved Sam Rockwell since since, uh, Charlie's Angels. And and uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where is Zephod Beeblebrox? I I have, I have loved this guy in pretty much everything he's ever been in, and Galaxy Quest. Cannot forget Galaxy <laughs> Quest. Uh, but so and then and then uh, you know it's done by Matt Vaughn, who who's done so many movies I like, including actually making X Men kind of good again for a little while. So uh, that being said, I love me some Henry Cavill. That hair, <laughs> it scares me. <laughs> But uh, now, if, if if I had to take my sisters, it would probably be good. But if I'm going to go solo, I'm going to make it a so-so. No, okay. Because I'm cheap, and I don't want to pay full price. And there you have it. The 400-pound gorilla in the room this week lived up to his name. Uh, getting a good from Rob, a so-so from Tony and a Spencer, and a blah from me. Uh, the Jungle Bunch Operation Meltdown. Rob gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch, Brown. Departing Seniors is the uh, other high-ranking one. I gave it a so-so. Robin Spencer gave it blahs. Tony gave it a touch, Brown. Con Ann, or she is Con Ann. Um, Rob gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch, Brown. And the epidemic is just a big brown streak. <laughs> so there you have it for this week. Uh, agree, disagree? Let us know at popcultureboom at gmail.com. Uh, coming next week, we'll be taking a look at the movies coming out from February 4th to February 11th, including which uh, so far only includes Lisa Frankenstein, Out of Darkness, 
Air Force mm-hmm. One Down. So three movies. Um, I've already seen trailers for all three of them. And if you want, scroll through the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed and you'll find all the trailers for those as well. Because I did put them up and watch them when they did first come out. Ooh. A couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. Anyway, so, Tony, the uh, announcement for the 96th Annual Academy Awards came out of uh, the, all of the uh, nominees. Um, I'm not going to rehash that list, but uh, did you get a chance to uh, take a look at what uh, who was nominated I, I and what did. was? I, well, I'm glad you mentioned it, um, and then I brought it up and during the break. I read it, so I, it's all fresh in my head. <gasps> I also may or may not have the list in front of me. So. <laughs> just, 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 just so I don't sound like a complete uh, idiot here. Well, you know, if but you I, don't acknowledge that, you know, Godzilla minus one got robbed, you know, yeah, that'll they, be the. They only got, the got one, just the visuals. But they, <laughs> right. that's the first time. Now, Jimmy, you had sent me a, you had sent me that link to Messenger, I think last week, and that's the first time it's uh, ever been nominated, mm-hmm. like yep. any of the Godzillas. Right. Uh, first time, so, I, well, I, I sent it earlier this week. I sent it, I think, it to you and to, I think either my, either Scott. Oh, this or must Spencer have been a long week, buddy. Oof. Oh, it's been a long week for me, I can tell you that. Yeah, um, okay. So, well, it must have been for me because it was inventory week, so I guess oof. it was last week's inventory week, yeah. All right, so uh, the far. nominees, there was 10 nominees for Best Picture. You had American Fiction. Um, any thoughts on that one? Because I haven't, I didn't hear about that until I've never I heard, heard of that one. Okay, Autonomy of a Fall. I never heard of that one either. Never heard of it. All right, uh, Barbie, only on here because it made I, I'm a lot of money. <laughs> very surprised. Very surprised it made Best Picture. They're definitely. I know they expanded the category, but yeah, I wouldn't put that as a Best Picture movie. The holdovers. I didn't hear about until this mm. nomination either. Yeah, but Paul Giamatti, right? Yeah, like he's the big one. Killers of the man. Flower gotcha. Moon. Of course. Yeah, that's the Martin Scorsese, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio one. Yep, Maestro. Bradley Cooper. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't, I didn't, I had to explain what it was to me. Yeah, yeah there was a little. Just because of the, the, these lists. That's all reason why I know. Yeah, there was a little controversy because uh, the, the maestro that Bradley Cooper plays is Jewish, and Bradley Cooper had a prosthetic nose to make, a, make him look mm-hmm. more like the, the. But people were saying that he was disrespecting Jewish right. people. Because the fam- the family yeah. actually came yeah. out and yeah, was like, the family no. came and went, no, he just wanted to look more like him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. Right, it's, it's a real life thing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's entertainment. Stupid, and he's trying to look like the yeah. guy. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he was Which, trying to be in yeah. character and look like and look like the yeah. guy. Yeah, that's just so. goofy. That, that that'd be like saying that um, uh, Gary Oldman was mocking England because of his portrayal and all the prosthetics he wore when he did uh, um, Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is just goofy. That's people look for goofiest things to complain about. Yeah, they always look yeah. for something to complain about. All right. Anyway, continuing to list Oppenheimer. Of course, everybody that's, knows that one. That's going to be the one that wins. Oh, that one's really? going to. That's going to. I think that thing's going to dominate the mm-hmm. uh, the Academy Awards. I oh, think so too. Okay. Uh, past lives. Never heard about until this list. Never heard of it. Uh, poor things. I'm surprised it's even on this list. <laughs> even more that's, so that's than Barbie. Looking one. That's that weird. Yeah, that's that weird Emma Stone, Mark yeah. Ruffalo one, huh? Yeah, she's yeah. like a modern day Frankenstein. Yeah, it's like a yeah. Frankenstein, but it's Frankenstein that they couldn't get uh, Tim Burton to do apparently. But it looks like Tim Burton yeah. would have done it that way. You know, uh-huh. that, that whole yeah. thing. And the zone of interest, which I never heard about until this list. Never heard of that one. 
All right, so that, that's that. And, uh, of course, uh, Godzilla only got for visual effects, uh, but it's got yeah, stiff competition. Yeah, I think competition. That a good chance to win in that one, though. I don't know. I mean, it's I got was... stiff competition. The creator, which looked mm-hmm. really good. That was actually really yeah, good. Yeah, the creator was actually, yeah, they had yeah. good effects. And then Guardians 3 was in there, which was, it's yeah. nice to see a Marvel movie get in. It's not going to win. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, well, yeah, they didn't, they didn't uh, make Chris Pratt explode, so Jimmy will not back that. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, well, and the visual effects. And it didn't make him lose his voice either. Good, so. but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're well, right. And he always he had that big ones. stunt this year where he rode the motorcycle off the cliff. cliff. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, but I you, didn't like that, Jake. Let's do it again. With, yeah. I, it's like how many motorcycles <laughs> did he Godzilla, destroy? Though, yeah, with Godzilla, though, like that's like they tried to go practical and stuff for the most part, right? Like it didn't seem mm-hmm. like they had the big budgets of like Guardians or Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine the creator had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of money for the effects for that because that thing, that thing looked really cool. I never did see it. Well, oh, it was, was good. From, that one was from oh, the yeah. director of uh, Rogue One, so you know, it, I yeah. thought they had really good visual effects in that movie too. I mean, the ending, the last thirty minutes of Rogue One got really dumb, but you know, the movie overall I thought was decent enough. Um, yeah. and it was the first film guys- that, really, or the second film to try out the uh, whole. Uh, um, Using uh, AI um, for the character because of Moth Gideon, Moth, not Moth Gideon, um, Moth uh, Tarkin, Moth Tarkin, and, and, and Princess Leia. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, neither of those, neither of the, well, you know, Chris, Peter Crushing's dead. So <laughs> um, they had to completely do an AI kind of a CGI construction of them. Well, sir, we are at yeah. the end. Um, I, I, I'm looking to uh, see if you're right about Oppenheimer sweeping yeah. the Oscars. And, yeah, uh, well, we should talk about it when we get closer. Also, if anybody's watching trailers, since we talk about trailers, tomorrow in the morning when you wake up, new Ghostbusters trailer. Throwing that out there for Ghostbusters fans. I'm excited. I hope it doesn't suck. Me too. All right. So on that note. I think it's going to. I'm excited. It is the top of the hour break. It is 47 degrees in Carson City and clear. If you missed any part of the show so far, you can go to popculturekaboom.com. Not popculturekaboom.com. Go to 97 and Now Productions. They are putting out the Pop Culture Kabooms podcast, which is available on your favorite podcast platform. So go Dream check it, that like out. Like it, love it. Yeah. And we'll be back with more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show and our special guest, Floydman Sumner, right after this. So don't go anywhere. See you. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, our radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And on the phone with us is Floyd Min Sumner. He is the imagination and the pen behind Planet F Studios, a self-taught artist drawing and creating strange worlds as for as long as he can remember, and me too. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I am fabulous. Thanks for having me on the show. So just out of curiosity, how long has it been? How, how long is your career in, in, in the art world? Hmm. It depends on what you define as career. Uh, <laughs> true. Okay. Well, what is defined as a career? I guess uh, well, in, in art, that's very malleable. I mean, artists really don't become really popular until they're dead, pretty oh, much. Yeah, I mean, some of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty much how it works. So, you know, well, yeah, well, I don't know. My... right now, so. <laughs> well, I know I was introduced to you um, by uh, Garbage Pail Kids trading cards. Yeah. And also the yeah. uh, comic book, because you were doing the covers for Garbage Pail, Garbage Pail Kids 
um, versus Mad Balls. Um, but but I wasn't. That wasn't me though. You didn't do the covers. No, no, that was my my good friend. Uh, well, Jason Crosby did the the books himself. Okay. Um, the inside for the Mad Balls, and I think he he did most of the covers on that one. Too. Huh. Um, they put out a few new series. Um, there's been the Origin series done by Jeff Zapata and and a bunch of other artists. Chris Meeks is is on it, and um, they've had like some guest covers, but um, Jeff never asked me to do one. But <laughs> <laughs> we're still in good standing, I hope. <laughs> we were actually supposed to be working on a project like years ago. And uh, we just thought both got so busy that it just never came to came to be. So, so you but, at one um, point were doing comics, though. Um, at, I was doing my own comics. I well, I, I first did my very first comic. You know, way back before everybody was born. <laughs> um, back when Werther's candies weren't <laughs> uh, Grandpa candies that that long ago. Yeah. Okay. Comics were harder to do then because you know the stone tablet thing, but. Um, <laughs> it wasn't easy to publish at that time. Um, but no, uh, gosh, I did comics when I was like, you know, in my teens, I guess, or, or before. I did cartoons when I was a kid, okay. and uh, and and you know, it was something that, that what started it all. Okay, so if you really want to know the his, history of Floyd, you know. Um, there, you know, because I'm old, I'm I'm way old. But uh, there was a show. It was called Make a Wish, and I don't know if anyone remembers it. But if you do, then you know you're old too. You. <laughs> yeah, you're you're, you're old. <laughs> if you do, then I then I hope you found someone that you could spend eternity with that would you know give you your medicine. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But, no, the show, um, it was basically, it was on, like, Sunday morning. I remember it so clear, you know. Sunday mornings, we used to watch it. It was right after Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, also, you know, an ancient one. And Were these um, in color, a, just out of curiosity? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, I think just want to make sure, because I had never heard of right. these shows, uh, and, I th- and I thought I was a latchkey kid. Well, Sergeant Preston on... was, yeah, Sergeant Preston wasn't. That was, that was black and white, but that was, they were repeating. Um, but Make a Wish was, um, it was in color, and I, I think we had just gotten our new, you know, remote control Zenith color chart. But <laughs> so, see, when I was growing um, up, I was the remote control for my dad. He was, I turned a channel. Yeah. So, and then, oh, yeah. Then we'd yeah, have to adjust the yeah. rabbit ears and, yeah, UF, I, I, UHF and I was the rabbit ears in our house. Yeah. Really? Right. Yeah. And okay. I, I, I was the TV guide. <laughs> I, I would memorize the TV guide and know when everything was on. But the show, it was basically kind of like, a, I don't know, it was, it was for kids, you know, and, and they would show kids, you know, how things were made and, and all this other stuff. But there was a cartoon on there, and it was called uh, The Strange World of Mr. Mum. And, and it, 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 that, was, that was what started it. I saw this cartoon. It was so bizarre. It was like a, it was, it was kind of the precursor to the far side because it was just really bizarre. Hmm. But um, I remember the name Mr. Mum, so I thought. So I started making my own Mr. Mum cartoon, and of course he looked nothing like the cartoon because I didn't know how to draw that well back then. <laughs> but I made him for my mom, you know, and stuff. And and so now, 
looking back on it, you know, I, I've kind of done a little bit of research, and it was a Mr. Mum was kind of like a far side back in the '60s and early '70s, um, done by an artist named Irving Phillips. And and there is a, a book on Amazon. I still need to get it. It's on my wish list. But um, but yeah, and and for some reason that just triggered my artistic, you know, boom! I must do this, you know. And I, I would get car- comics when I was a kid, but. Like all these, all these people my age, you know, they're all like, <clears throat> oh yeah, you know, I love the old Marvel from the '60s, and you know, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, and and I, I knew nothing about that because every time I was sick, my mom would bring me like Casper or Archie, or, you know, <laughs> and so I didn't discover. I, I thought for sure you were going to say the fabulous Freak Brothers or something, but <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish, yeah. Now my parents weren't that cool. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, but no, and and so and so, I didn't know about superheroes until you know. I think it was actually the Fourth of July. Um, we were going to the Fourth of July parade, and it was the nineteen seventy six Fourth of July, the bicentennial. And uh, and in case you don't know what that is, you know we have Google, so you can look it up. But because um, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get that information in the uh, public school system anymore, as far as you know. Exactly right. But I remember we were on our way to the the Fourth of July parade, and we stopped by this little grocery store, and there was a comic rack there, and they had Superman, and it was Superman number three hundred one. It was Superman versus Solomon Grundy, <laughs> and I saw that cover, and I'm like, you know what? I got a quarter. I'm buying this, you know, or thirty cents. I think I think it actually was like a quarter back then, but um. Quarter for a comic, imagine that. And uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 from that moment on, it's just like, oh wow, this is this is awesome. And then, um, so when I was a kid, I was collecting, you know, Superman and, and Batman, and I, I was lucky to have a subscription during the the good detective era, which is the Marshall Rogers and Stephen Englehart era, you know, with the Laughing Fish and stuff like that. Oh, nice, and. And uh, and so I would get that in the mail, and it's just awesome, you know. Every month I get a detective comic, and and then I started collecting like Conan, old Conans, and and then I got into Iron Man, and collected every issue of Iron Man, you know, from Iron Man Submariner up to number three thirteen. But unfortunately, I had to pay rent, and I sold them, and I regret that to this day. But <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's what started it all, and 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 then once I I. I figured out the artist you know because warlord when warlord hit man i was like oh this i want to do this i remember that yeah Yeah, grell is one of my gods my two gods are neil adams and mike grell and i wanted to draw like both wow those those are some (laughs) some heavyweight ones there yeah right yeah and luckily you know i never in my lifetime would have thought that i would have gotten to meet him and talk to him and and i mean it's just it's awesome you know that that's you can do that now at conventions and stuff. Because back then, you know, a convention for us was, you know, a bunch of old smelly fat guys just selling beat up <laughs> comics, you know. And, uh, and and so now it's now it's a bunch of old smelly fat guys selling gravy comics. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I love all this. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and, and then, and so I wanted to draw comics, and so I started drawing my own comics, and um, the first, like, big ones, when I, when I discovered the Small Press Network, um, where 
there's actually people that are making their own comics and trading with other people, you know, and I'm like, this is awesome. And that was about 1991. And um, so I did a, a comic called the Saga and Space Cat Oreo because my cat's name was Oreo and stuff. And and that was my first comic. And, and you know, I'm sure now I, I would be sued to death if I tried to do it now because it's <laughs> like, you know, the, 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 the dogs were on the planet Alpo and the cats were on, you know, Planet Purina and, oh. and <laughs> all that. The copyright infringement just runs rampant. But, um, but hey, when you're that age, yeah. you don't think about copyright infringement. You just can, so. Right. Yeah, right. But I never thought, it, yeah. but, you know, I mean, I always knew that I had to be an artist. And, and that's just something I got to do, you know, because mm-hmm. my passion for it. But never thought I'd be able to. So. so you got out of doing comics though for like eighteen years, but now you're back. You got Floydman's <laughs> Swell Comics Number One. If you want to go and check that's that right. out, you could go to www.fundmycomic.com backslash campaign. Or if you go to the Facebook, you can go to the Planet F Studios. You'll find a link there or the Swell Comics Facebook page as well. And there's a and congratulations, by the way. Um, you got 33 backers. You're at 113% of your uh, yeah. goal. So congratulations. Uh, in 25 days, uh, there's still 45 days to go yeah. if, you, if everybody wants to go and hop on and take a look at their rewards that you can get because there's some really cool stuff. Right. That uh, is being oh, the, offered. The, yeah, the membership kits are, are awesome. I mean, I, I that's the other thing. It's like, I, you know, I guess I don't value money as much as other people do because I give away a lot more than I really should. And uh, and these membership kits are just, they're just so cool. I mean, it's like if I wasn't, if it wasn't my comic, I'd want one. <laughs> hey, and that's the sign of a good reward right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, so, I'm throwing a bunch of stuff in those. So. so what is the secret, super secret Swell Squadron? Uh, the super secret Swell Squadron. Well, that's well, a secret. If you are, if, <laughs> I'd have if, to kill you yeah, in your audience before. Right. <laughs> not so secret anymore. Um, the uh, super secret Swell Squadron is sort of my, it's kind of an homage the EC Fan Addicts um, Club, if you're familiar with the, EC, the old EC. You EC know. Comics, I mean, yeah, was, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, EC Comics was, you know, even before my time, and I just, I recently discovered them, you know, maybe like, like 10, 20 years ago. And uh, and they had a they had a fan club. And the fan club, you got a membership kit. You got like a membership card and a pin and a patch and everything, and it was really awesome. And, and I wanted to kind of I wanted to kind of replicate that feeling of, of fun, you know, where it's like, I'm not just buying a comic, but I'm, I'm part of the comic, you know, I'm part of this. And, and so, you know, by, by starting the super secret 12 garden, um, I thought, you know, yeah, I want to do something like that. And I want, I want people to get involved, you know, more than just reading the comic. I want them to kind of get, the membership kit and, and, and say, man, this is just awesome. This is just like when I was a kid, you know, um, well, the old, old ones anyway. <laughs> and it's kind of like, also like the, uh, Mary Marvel marching society <laughs> from the sixties. So, um, I don't have a record, but <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did, but, um, but yeah, for you know, issue, I, for I, issue two, that'd be a good yeah, idea. There you go. Put that yeah, on there. I, right. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you could offer a physical copy of an MV3, then yeah, I could 
<laughs> well, come on, vinyl's making a comeback. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's cheap to make. Sure. <laughs> well, that's why you added to the issue number two as one of the part of the tier. <laughs> right. Well, it's like the old Mad magazines. You know, they had the the floppy record. Oh yeah. Worked with some of the super specials. Yeah. And and so did so did actually cereal boxes. You know, mm-hmm. you could get a record on the cereal box. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow. I, I just remember the pictures on the back of milk curtains. But anyway. <laughs> so the top tier reward. Like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was never on them. <laughs> that you I don't think. Of. Yeah, that I don't think anyway. Uh, but the top tier is the big time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you already know what you get with this reward. Not really, but here it is. You get a PDF, physical signed copy, a sticker, trading card set, exclusive, exclusive original trading card, membership to these super secret swell squadron uh t-shirt print and a speaking role in the next issue of swell comics that's really cool um that's yeah. uh, i i don't think uh i know that uh dc or in marvel at some point in time a long long time way back when uh they would yeah. put out little uh, things like that where you can get uh, your likeness in the background of a panel of mm-hmm. like you know uh, crowd yeah. scene yeah but i don't think they've ever actually given anybody a speaking role in any comic book yeah. though so that's really cool um and uh, some goodies from planet f studios art dungeon um so all mm-hmm. kinds of really cool stuff for the top tier um and uh okay. so there's there has a there's only a couple of those left if there, so if you want to go to the swell comics uh, fundmycomic.com page and take a look mm-hmm. at this and uh, see everything that you'll get by doing that top tier. Um, the next one down, uh, Look Mom Swell. <laughs> Funny titles mm-hmm. for these things too, by the way. Um, yeah. You get some uh, really cool stuff with that and uh, you'll be drawn into the next issue and uh, most likely in the background like you're in a Marvel or DC like I just mentioned. Um, Which will be awesome. But yeah, I, yeah, that's me. Of course, and then you get the comic book and you circle it so everybody can, you know, where, where's Waldo? Well, I'm right here. And... Yeah, right. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, it's just like bragging rights, you know, because you know, because people, it's, it's it's all about people's egos, you know. I mean, people love to be, you know, look at me. So yeah. Hey, I'm at the end of that segment. Can you believe 18 minutes went by that quick? Um, can you stick oh around for another segment? I'd love to. All right, so we'll be back with more with Floydman Sumner, and if you go to the Pop Culture Boom. Facebook page right now, I do have up the trailer uh, promo video for Swell Comics. Go take a look at that. And also, uh, we'll be right back with more with Floyd Min Sumner. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And on the phone with us is Floydman Sumner. He is an artist who's been around for a very long time. He does Planet F Studio, and he has also got a new comic book after an 18-year hiatus called Floydman's Swell Comics, issue number one. It is up on fundmycomic.com, 
And you can go and check that out and become a member of the super secret Swell Squadron. Um, you'll also have a bunch of uh, um, con appearances coming up. And uh, something else uh, rather interesting, you are the 15th annual Rust-O-Rama, which is taking place July 20th at the Oregon State Fairgrounds. Um, I know you did the artwork, which is really cool because it reminds me of Ratfink. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, But are you actually going to be there? Of course. That that is my favorite party of the year. I love doing that show. And um I have to have to give a shout out to my buddy Tony Grove who who runs the local comic shop here. It's Tony's Kingdom Comics because he's been a big supporter of, of mine and also the community. He does like food drives for the food bank and all this other stuff. He's a great guy. And uh, you know, he he loves my stuff and he said, you know, you should you should set up a restaurant and I'm like what's restaurant and he's like oh it's a, it's a car show here at the Salem Oregon Fairgrounds and I'm like oh yeah I like doing kind of the rafting type stuff and but I don't know if I'll do any good and and you know that's one of my best shows to be honest <laughs> well, it's great because it's, it's it's a lot different than setting up at a comic convention because comic convention you know they know me for garbage show kids which you know just to set the record straight, I did not create Garbageville Kids. I've only been working for Tops since, like, 2017, and I do sketch cards for the set that you might find when you mm-hmm. buy a pack from the store or whatever. But, um, and so I set up there, and it was, it was awesome because at, at a Comic-Con, the fans come up to you, and they're like, oh, yeah, Garbageville Kids, and then they're like, oh, can you draw Deadpool? And, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, you know, and... But, but the question is, do you want to, uh, you know? Right. And and I get a lot of people that don't understand my stuff, you know, because I'm not the regular artist alley guy, you know, that mm-hmm. just has, like, static pinups, you know, of all the superheroes and stuff. And so um, at Rustorama, you know, it's, it's, it's a great show because it's, it's like cars that are 1963 and older. Nice. And it's they play rockabilly music all live rockabilly all day long. They have a pinup girl contest, you know, they had pretty women going around and it's just, it's awesome because a lot of punkers and, you know, uh, tattooed and everything. And, and the whole custom culture, you know, is, uh, is something that was new to me when I first started doing it, but it's, it's, I've got a lot of friends now, you know, in that community. And, uh, and and those people they come up to my table and they go, dude, this is awesome. Take my money. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like these guys. You know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's it's just a whole different ball game, you know. But but I love doing it, and so I, I love doing it so much that I actually I am actually an officially licensed Ed Ross graphic artist. Um, I don't nice. do a whole lot with it, but I, I have that title. Um, and, and I, I do, I have sold some wrapping, you know, stickers and stuff like that, but nothing major. Um, but yeah, through the estate of Ed Roth, you know, I got licensed to do that. So, um, so that's another, you know, kind of other in my cap, I guess, but. So I've been going through, um, cause I think that'd be a really fun thing to do. I, unfortunately that we don't do anything like that around here. I mean, we have the, uh, oh, we do have hot August, August nights, nights, but yeah. that's, that's, uh, yeah. It, it doesn't have the yeah, you know the Ed the Roth thing, type of yeah. stuff you know the yeah, artwork yeah, cause or anything see, like, like that. Yeah, because you see like rat thing stuffing around, but uh, but yeah, not but really. nothing, nothing that really. Yeah, it's not a, like a big 
section of it. Just like, right. yeah, well, that's more about there. the car. It's more about the cars than and, the, and, the culture. Yeah, and, you know. And, well, see, there's 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 like two two different car crowds. There's like the young, cool. Let's make a hot rod, and you know, let's you know, play loud music and show off our cars that we worked on. There's those guys, which are the restaurant crowd, and then there's like the you know, the retired guy who's like, oh, look at my 1957 Chevy Bel Air, you know. <laughs> and they don't spend the money. So those, those <laughs> <are different. laughs> uh, But uh, it, it, it's just, it's just, and, and that whole art style, the whole lowbrow art style, you know, once I discovered that, I kind of switched gears because instead of being, you know, wanting to be Neil Adams, you know, it's like, yeah, I want to be like Dirty Donnie or, or, you know, any of those guys like Coop or somebody like that, you know, that does like the rock posters and the the cool hot rods and monsters, you know, and and, and I find that I, I have a lot more fun doing stuff like that. And that's kind of what I put my energies into Swell doing that style, you know, because I got influenced by Mad Magazine and Jack Davis and, you know, and so my influence has kind of changed. So it's, it's a whole mishmash of, of a lot of influence. There's some Bertie Wrights and there's some uh, John Byrne, you know, and, and Michael Golden and, mm. you know, all these artists, you know, all the classic artists. You know, Michael I, Michael I Golden was always my favorite because he was the one who did the Micronauts. So exactly. I was a huge Micronauts <laughs> fan. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's I, ironic. I, I met, I met Michael Golden, I met Michael Golden last house. year at... Uh, Rose City, the Rose City Con, and uh, and and I told him I said, dude, you know, you taught me how to draw gloves, <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looked at me with a <laughs> blank look, and I'm like, you know, I can't help it, dude. I mean, your art is awesome, Bucky O'Hare, you know. God, I, I just want to, I just want to see a scene now where Robert Liefeld walks up to somebody and says, "Thank you for teaching me how to draw feet," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it'll never I'm happen. But <laughs> I would do that too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm taking a couple of look at the, some uh, three of the pages uh, that are available and the uh, cover of Swell Comics number one that are available at uh, the FunMyComic.com um, Swell Comics mm-hmm. page. Um, very unique, very interesting, and uh, looks like it's a, a, along the lines of uh, say a. Um, Back in the old school, I, I keep saying uh, "fabulous freak brothers," but that's the mm-hmm. best way I can compare it because it's kind of parodyish, yeah, kind, kind of, of underground, yeah, underground styled, I guess. And 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 almost um, a parody of things. How do you find it? Uh, how do you walk that line between parody and not and satire without getting in trouble? Um, because I use the parody clause, you know. I, mean, <laughs> and, and, I have it and, memorized, and, and uh... yeah. If you, if you don't know about that, that is actually um, we can thank Larry Flint for that, um, who produced, who did Hustler magazine, because mm-hmm. uh, that whole thing started where he did a a cartoon about Jerry Falwell, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but mm-hmm. it was Jerry Falwell talks about his first time. <laughs> and it was kind of based on an on an ad of the day back in the day in the seventies, I guess, where it's like you know they t- they had an ad where it's like oh I remember my first time drinking like you know some kind of liquor or something. Only this was him and his mom, but <laughs> wow. so so he got so he got sued by Jerry Falwell, and he won. And the and and the the ruling was that 
he won because it was satire. It was parody. It wasn't. It, people knew that it was. It wasn't real because mm-hmm. it was so just outrageous. Yeah. And so that kind of stuck for a lot of things, you know. And and I think you know that that made it so that Mad Magazine could continue, and a lot of that kind of stuff could could go on. And you could make fun of people because it was so out there that people knew. Yeah, there's no way, you know, that that's real. Yeah, but so, with the world becoming as insane as it is, have you ever found that you've that you, you, you thought, oh boy, this is a great parody, but then it ended up being like too realistic? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing about today, you know, with like the whole woke generation and all that, and, I, and, and you know, and I don't take sides. I really don't. I mean, I do, I do, but I won't discuss with that in mind. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid being that kind of a show. So no, 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 because we aren't here for that. So, um, but. So it's it's like a lot of the comedians I feel sorry for because, you know, back in the day we watched Blazing Saddles and we didn't even blink, you know. (laughs) But we laughed. That's the thing. We laughed. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and now they're making it so you can't even do that, you know, because it's just every little thing, you know, is. And so you've got to be really careful. So in doing parody, yeah, I have to be careful not to offend people. I probably will with some things as well, at which, you know, there is a disclaimer on, on the content <laughs> page saying, hey, you know, this is this is all in fun, you know, and and, and I, I'm the first one to make fun of myself, you know, so I, I can take it. So I hope you guys can too, basically. Well, yeah, if, if you dish it out, so you like, have to be able to take it. Oh, yeah. Right. That, that's kind of my right. rule of thumb because, boy, can I dish it, so I better be able to take it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally the butt of all my friends joke you know um but it, 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 it's nothing i didn't purposely set out to you know oh i'm gonna do something racist or something sexist or you know it's just it's i'm, I'm just telling stories the way that i think is a funny way to tell it you know so i mean take that as you may you know but you should put a warning label fun. on it warning do not open unless you have a sense of humor <laughs> well, you know, if you if you look at the cover, yeah, it's like, yeah, it warped humor for a humorless world. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of my warning. Um, so I did I did say, yeah, over sixteen. You know, there's no sex in it, but there is there is a lot of gratuitous violence. But it's it's violence in the sense of like milk and cheese violence. You know. Well, and, and probably along the lines of most uh, um, Saturday morning cartoons now. So you got to keep that oh, in mind, yeah. too. Oh, they still have Saturday morning cartoons? No, <laughs> they probably don't. I wish they did, but yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the world went in decline when you weren't eating sugary cereal in front of your TV on Saturday morning. At 7 a.m., well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that because I blame the rise in juvenile delinquency on the fact that they stopped putting toys in cereal boxes. That, that could be too. What started the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Of course, now oh, yeah. a box of cereal costs more than the, you know one of the playsets we used to get when we were kids too. Occasionally, right. we'll get... yeah, and you don't get toys; you get like downloads. You know? <laughs> I was gonna say occasionally, like you'll get a spoon, like a color changing spoon <laughs> from Twix or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they had great toys when I was a kid, man. I mean. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, what was that? I, I actually got a couple of those things. I remember back when the day, because I was a huge Star Wars kid when I was younger. So I remember <laughs> the uh, nice. mail out. Uh, you you know you had to like collect all these uh, things, and it's like three ninety nine to get Yoda mm-hmm. before they actually yeah. made him commercially available. 
And I also got from Kellogg's the uh, um, Han Solo with a removable helmet. So that was, that <laughs> oh was, wow! Yeah, that was awesome. So I was I was been I've always been into stuff like this. And uh, yeah, I I grew up with uh, old Mad Magazine and um, what was mm-hmm. the other one? Cracked. Um, yeah, cracked. Yeah. So <laughs> there was Mad, Cracked, Crazy, Thick. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, so, what does your con schedule look like for the for the um, first half of this year? I mean, I know you have, uh, you're going to be coming up. Are yeah. you going to be at a Silver Age Comic Con here in Reno again? I will. I'm so looking forward to that because I was there last year, and it was, it was probably my best show of the year. I mean, it, uh-huh. they even made more money than Restaurama, but and this year they're going uh-huh. to, to two days. Yes, they are, and uh, so I'll be there again, and I'll, uh, I'll be, awesome. I'd be awesome to see you again. I know I did an interview oh, yeah. with you um, the last time around. I just haven't had time yeah. to put it up on YouTube yet, and I apologize for that. Oh, no, I was wondering what happened to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I talked to somebody, but I don't. I haven't gotten anything. Thanks. I <laughs> yeah, I apologize I for that. I know I go. <laughs> we get busy. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, because it was a great show last year, and uh, and so this year I think it'll be even better. Um, so that's in July. Yes, sir. I believe. Uh, so and you got Rustorama my, also in July, July twentieth, um, and also in July is Metal Art Comic Con in Grants Pass here in Oregon, which is also a good show, and they're going to two days this year too. Woo-hoo. So I got those. So July is a busy month for me. Um, April is kind of busy, too, because my con schedule starts the beginning of April at Gem State in Boise, Idaho, and And that's a good show. So that's three of seven of uh, Colossus Girl Entertainment's cons. (laughs) (laughs) You get in good with the guy. (laughs) I'm so glad I hooked up with Dave because he's just awesome. He's been so good to me. And so, um, so there's that one. And then the one here in town in Salem, Oregon, is actually uh, put together by my roommate, you know, Steve, Stephen Martin, and he uh, he he has worked so hard. And it's a one man; he's doing it all by himself. And I do the graphics and stuff for shows, but and do what I can, you know. But he's I, I'm, I'm so impressed at what he's put together because it's going to be third year. It's the Mid Valley Comic Art Expo here at the fairgrounds. It's a two day event, and that's uh, July. July 20th and 21st, somewhere around there. And uh, and so he's going to have some great guests there, too. He's going to have Chris Warner, who did Aliens vs. Predator. Um, gosh, he's got, he's got the voice of Frieza, Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, Frieza, yeah. Frieza. Lin, Linda Young, yeah. Well, yeah. sir, I, I hate to cut you off, but I'm unfortunately at, the t- at another heartbreak, and uh, uh, it's, oh, it's another right. 20 minutes is up. <laughs> well, I do. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? I do appreciate you being uh, a guest on the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. And every, uh, what's the best way for people to track your con schedule? Is it at the uh, at your at the uh, uh, Planet you know, F Studios? Yeah, I need to. I need to update that. So uh, it will be up soon, I hope. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody go Um, check out Floydman's Swell Comics number one at fundmycomic.com. And uh, the link is on the Pop Culture Boom news feed. So go and check that out. Uh, Thank you, sir. And uh, we'll be back to close out the show right after this. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom radio show right after this. 
Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So, uh, what do you guys think of uh, Floydman Sumner? Well, he seems like a very nice guy, very interesting, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I've got, I don't have him to blame for Spencer Dispenser throughout my entire childhood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think there was ever a garbage pail kid. I know there was one named Jimmy something or other. I'm like, that ain't me. I ain't spelling my name right. So, <laughs> that was always my out with everything because the name wasn't spelled right. So. I like that his comics are going to be a mixture of Mad Magazine and the artwork of like the garbage pail kids. Know, <laughs> like, yeah. It's really awesome. So, did you check out his artwork? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that, yeah. So really cool stuff. So let's get back. Uh, I I know Rob, you're a big Young Sheldon fan, right? Uh, no. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> My dad watches it. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, does your dad have a uh, Netflix? Yeah. Good, because uh, Young Sheldon has been a hit in the ratings since his debut on CBS a few years ago. <laughs> Not by me, though. Uh, but the Big Bang Theory spinoff series has also found a sizable audience on Netflix. The first five seasons of the hit sitcom were added to Netflix late last late last year, quickly causing Young Sheldon to be one of the most popular TV shows in the world of streaming. However, fans have been binging, binging? Binging. Oh, binging to show on Netflix. <laughs> it looks Sorry, like bing binging. and ing, so, but it's binging. Binging around. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been able to put the full exper- get the full experience as the most recent season to air on TV still hadn't been added to the streamer. That changes very soon. The sixth season of Young Sheldon is coming to Netflix in just one week's time. Netflix recently revealed the full lineup of movies and TV shows being added to the streamer in the month of February. Much of the excitement of TV fans, Young Sheldon's season six was on the list. All episodes of the latest season will be available on Netflix on February 1st. This new edition will give fans of the series a chance to catch up on the events of Young Sheldon before the final season. CBS is bringing Young Sheldon back for just one more installment. Season 7 will be the show's last, and the last season is set to premiere on CBS on February 15th. So you can binge-watch all six seasons and then catch this final seventh season. If you're so inclined, I will miss it completely. That's will lie. <laughs> so after the news came down last year that SmackDown was moving to USA Network, the rumblings got really loud over where the future home of the pro wrestling company's television crown jewel would be after its deal with USA Network wrapped later this year. Well, those rumblings were answered this week with WWE, now part of TKO Group Holdings, Inc., and Netflix announcing a long-term deal that will see WWE Raw, Raw leave linear television for the first time premiering on the streaming service in January of 2025 in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Latin America, and other territories, with additional countries and regions to be added over time. So it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, I guess Netflix has just become so ubiquitous, people just basically kind of consider it their regular cable TV or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What still isn't clear is how they plan on doing this, because it's a live show. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> well, yeah that, that's not something Netflix has a lot of experience. No, with, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're going to take a lot of cues from Amazon Prime with they're doing because they're doing live, you know, Thursday night footballs. So, oh yeah, that's right. So it, it's a possibility. You know, it's out there. It's just, are they going to have a? Is their equipment going to be better than Amazon's? Because there is a lot of issues with Amazon's, like 
things. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen it on Prime, but there's always, like, a lot of glitches. It, yeah, I guess it's just going to depend on how much WWE or TKO yeah. wants to invest into it. Exactly. You know? Well, I think I think with Dwayne Johnson being like the head Dow or whatever, if he's I don't even know if he's the real head or secret head. I know he's signed back or on. Or just a figurehead. Yeah. <laughs> but you know he's gonna want to throw like all the money he can at it, especially now oh, that he's yeah. back. So Well, I think he's uh, he's gonna try and pivot that to get his uh that what is that, USA US football USFL, yeah. Um on, on Netflix. Quite honestly, that's well, but, probably you know, good. Yeah, you know, good, more power good to I mean, and here's the thing: if it works out well for them, I could see Netflix, you know, expanding that way, you know, into more live venues, even if it's just you know specials or UFC fights or you know what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what still isn't clear is what will happen with Raw between October 2024, the end of the USA Network deal. And January of 2025, the start of the Netflix deal. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have some kind of a big finale, or if they're just going to end it like any other show. And uh, or well, I don't no, remember them they, doing they something big when they gimmick. they they always do something big, but I don't think it ever correlated. Like because I don't remember something special correlating when they moved to uh, USA. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Just I'm just wondering because you know they're kind of leaving. You know, kind of. But the, when they left, it, when they to, went to USA, there wasn't a break. Yeah, of like what on uh, three months, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's kind of the word. But I think it'd be. I, here's my prediction. Mm-hmm. I'm probably completely 100 percent wrong, but I don't care. Um, is uh, what they're going to do is they're going to kind of d- have the storyline where the company is like all of a sudden just shut down. <laughs> oh, and then have like bring in the Rock and Netflix as we're the new company and we're taking over. Okay. I, I yeah, gotcha. probably. I, I'd say the last episode on mm-hmm. USA will have like a bunch of wrestlers standing in the ring all confused and all of a sudden the lights just go out. <laughs> no, I think I think they'll do something with the intro. Like they'll probably do something like they'll just introduce like the rock and they'll have him like start to, like the microphone to his like lips and then fade to black. Do you, you know? And didn't yeah, cut yeah, it off like ex- the Sopranos. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like totally just because like, you know, wait, what's going on? Because that's that's the cliffhanger right there. Yeah, you know? OK, well, we'll see. We'll see. This will be interesting. If you're an international WWE fan, then Netflix is going to be the new home for all WWE shows and specials outside of the U.S., including Raw, SmackDown, and Next, as well as Platinum Premium live events, for example, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble, and additional programming, documentaries, original series, and more. The news comes after rumors that Netflix and Amazon's Prime Video were both making a hard push to lock lock in the Raw, right with both streamers looking to boost their live streaming, live broadcasting components. Did that sentence make any sense? No, no that, okay. that, that happens with AI-generated articles a lot. <laughs> while, while Peacock has the domestic <coughs> rights to WWE, we can't help but think what the streamer is feeling, uh, that the streamer is feeling some long-term nervousness right about now. Mm-hmm. Well, like, so. and that's what's, like, they didn't say anything about the smack, you know, the... Um, what is the WrestleManias? You know they didn't say. Oh well, yeah, moving, I wonder if they're going to still staying? charge. I wonder if they're going to charge extra for the, as pay per views or well, if they yeah just because are those all, used to yeah. always be pay per views. You know what yeah. I mean? I, but if they're on Netflix, well, I know that right. They're being uh, the WWE is being paid like five hundred million dollars a year for ten years. Mm. Wow, with this deal, so so they may not need the extra revenue coming from the pay per view, right? Yeah, at least for the time being, yeah. But. And, 
probably because they're co-opting, and it probably has some kind of percentage deal with Netflix if people sign up specifically for. Well, and if they now have all event. the international, you know what I mean? It's you know, it's gonna be, versus Peacock having the other international, you know, so domestic. Yeah, yeah. it'll oh. be interesting. The epic sci-fi series Dune, starring Timothy Chalamet, 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 whatever. Yeah, what is it? Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. Chalamet. Yeah. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> that sounds French. <laughs> Chalamet. Probably. And uh, Zendaya will soon be returning with its second iteration, set for release in theaters on March first. Based on the 1965 epic sci-fi novel series created by Frank Herbert, 2021 release Dune grew a loyal viewer base around the world. While the worldwide release will happen in March, fans will have another way to watch the movie at IMAX theaters across the U.S. and Canada before that. The first fan premiere of Dune Tune, Dune 2, has been scheduled for Sunday, February 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Actually, it's 7 p.m. across all time zones. Tickets for the event are expected to be available on the Internet, but fans might need to hurry due to the high demand. Sources have claimed that the tickets will be available from January 26th in the U.S. and Canada. The domestic so that was two days ago. The domestic screenings tickets sales commenced at 11.10 a.m., Eastern Time, 8, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on March 20, January 26th. I'm, like, time zoning weird. Uh, previews for the movie will be screened in some theaters starting on February 29th at 3 p.m. local time in the U.S., which is just one day before the official release. Yeah, that's called an advanced screening. Ticket sales will also commence in international locations after the U.S. and Canada fan premiere on February 25th. Yeah. For those wondering, yes, it will be playing at the Galaxy Luxury Plus Sparks IMAX location Sunday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. And you can get those tickets now at the Theta. <coughs> Excuse me. Gesundheit. So um, our, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to the February 25th. I will be going to the advanced screening. And I'll probably be giving away tickets for the advanced screening um, at the uh, Galaxy Theaters here in Carson City. Uh, but do you, either of you two plan on going to the uh, IMAX premiere in, uh, at, in Sparks? Um, I was until I realized that the one in Sparks isn't going to have the full IMAX experience that they're promoting for this movie. Because <laughs> it's an upcharge to go see it like that, so you know. Hmm. Okay. So, and you're not no interest at well, all. Well, I'm going to go see it, but I don't think I'm going to go when it's insane like that. Okay. I, I like a little more mellow of a movie experience. Uh, okay. So, uh, Final Fantasy 14 show will no longer see the light of day. Unfortunately, huh. uh, Final Fantasy is one of the biggest video game franchises out there, and yet it has never had any kind of notable live-action adaptation. There are plenty of animated Final Fantasy films and even some books, but one, no one has had the courage to try and bring it all to life. It had been previously announced that some folks would take a crack at making a Final Fantasy XIV live-action TV show, which is particularly interesting since it's an MMO and not a single-player game like other fantasy, Final Fantasy titles. Uh -huh. However, it has been silent for quite some time now. Sadly, five years later, the project has been scrapped. Uh -huh. Despite a partnership between uh, Hivemind and Sony Pictures having been announced, it will not result in a Final Fantasy XIV show. Uh -huh. Hivemind co-finder Denise Samdesani 
confirmed that the project is dead, in quotes, uh, when asked by a fan. <laughs> that's nice. Hey, what's going on with the project? It's dead, kid. Uh, when, Don't talk about it. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, they had been developing a multi-season plan, but it was rejected by every company it was pitched to. Amazon supposedly came closest, but it seems like the budget was a limiting factor, factor and mm. no one was willing to invest the amount needed to do it right. With gaming adaptations being bigger than ever, maybe we will get to see a live-action Final Fantasy happen one of these days. It likely won't be this version of Final Fantasy XIV. It would likely be something completely different with a totally different group or talent behind it. There's no denying the power of Final Fantasy with the gaming adaptations being award-winning projects that are commercial hits. It seems bound to happen Someday. All right. So with that music coming up, uh, a lot of stuff got left on the floor here as far as news. Um, but I wanted to say a big thank you to our, our guest, Floydman Sumner. Check out all things Floydman Sumner at planetfstudios.com. And check out the Swell Comics at fundmycomic.com. And join the super secret Swell Squadron. With all guests on the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, Pop Culture Kaboom follows and likes them on Facebook, depending on what options are available. So they, if as they post news about their career and projects, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed. So at the very least, like and follow Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook to keep up with the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show's guests. Next week, the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show will not only have for you the latest news information and releases from the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, our returning special guest is film producer, co-founder, and CEO of Storm King Productions, the Queen of Terror, Sandy King Carpenter. We will be talking with Sandy King Carpenter about Storm King Productions' lineup of books, con appearances, and everything else Storm King Productions is doing in 2024. Maybe season two of Suburban Screams? Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are an aspiring to enter the comic book or film industries or want to garner insight on how to further your career in either industry, there is no better person to gain this knowledge from than Sandy King Carpenter. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Please continue supporting Pop Culture Boom by listening to the Pop Culture Boom radio show live every Sunday night. And if you miss any part of the live show, check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. And not only get this episode, but you'll get previous episodes and there'll be some bonus material coming up soon as well. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also give a like and a follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need daily from Pop Culture Entertainment. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events that we have and will be attending. On behalf of Quizmaster Scott from Sporkle Pub Quiz, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, our guest co-founder and president, uh, co-founder and president, our guest <laughs> Floydman Sumner, and... KNVC, Spencer, Rob, and I. Thank you for your continued support and for tuning in tonight. We will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Time, anytime during the week on Facebook and via email. So until next Sunday, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs>